just leave off where we went. But yeah, what do you think of ASMR content? Uh, honestly, I feel like it's just over with with me. Like it's cool. Certain things I like listening to, but I don't listen to everything. I don't like it when people are like eating because that's like kind of like you don't like weird. eating videos. Not really. I don't. Either. I mean, they're cool, but like you know what type of like ASMR type. I like it's probably like when they're cooking and you like hear like the chopping and stuff like that. See that all that stuff I like, or if it's like a cleaning video and you hear like all the like the noises of all that, you know, just things like that. So, I would say that's the type of ASMR I like. Okay, yeah, very. I don't think I have any type of ASMR content I really enjoy watching. It's I don't think I'm the right person for it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I've seen, like, one or two cat videos and stuff like that, and it's, like, the cat, and, like, the, the cat purring is, like, the ASMR thing, and, yeah. like, cat doing cute cat stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. And so, and then, oh, if you're wondering, too, why I didn't do, like, a, hey, welcome to Just My Thoughts or anything like that, it, I don't really do, there's not really much of an intro. Yeah. It's just, we just get started. You just hop right in, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I do do, I do, <laughs> I do do, I do do the outro, though. Yeah. Where it's just, like, peace. And yeah, so, yeah. It's very informal. I less, but I, I strive, that's what I strive for. I yeah, like I mean, that, that's exactly how you want to run your thing, you know? And that's perfectly fine. Some people might not like it, but it's like, honestly, it's a lot less editing. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just my personal experience from doing podcasting, it's a lot of editing, especially if you're doing it by yourself. So I see why people are like, video, if you're doing video, because that's what I wanted to do at first, I wanted to do the video podcast. It was just taking too much. The setup was too much for me to deal with so I was just like yeah it, it's like whatever so that's why I never did the video podcast I do record videos for like promo things for me okay but other than that not really um so I just stuck with the audio just because I thought it was way easier for me in my perspective so I started doing the audio podcast and the way I figured out how to do my recordings since it's just me I don't have to focus if it's like me and you right now right Quick question. Yeah. I'm not being blocked in the shot by the arm, boom arm, right? Uh, for, let me check. Just so, to, <laughs> I know you're going to go into your point. Kind of, kind of. Okay. Sorry, I appreciate it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 you're Perfect, perfect. I know, because I know when we switched to that mic, I was thinking, I'm like, I could probably get this thing out of the way, but I don't want to have no, it full in the face. Can. It's just, you know, pick it up and <laughs> It's all right. Move it entirely. Okay. How heavy is it? Nice, and then over here, watch out for cables, and then, nice, nice. Ooh. Ah! Low-key. It's all right, it's all right. Everything's still plugged in, everything's still plugged in. My bad, I low-key forgot I had headphones on. No, <laughs> you're okay, you're okay. I can still hear everything. I'll let you set that real quick so I can set that Yep, 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 yep. This is all the fun of going to the, this is all going to the podcast, just saying so you now. <laughs> This is all going into it. This is the beauty of it. It's gosh, I know. This is <laughs> the beauty 
of technology. Here you go, sir. Did these come already with the? I wish I had to. Bottom. Yeah, I had to buy them separate. There you go. All right, what's it called? All right, we're good. <laughs> All right. But, sorry, but you were saying earlier, we had multiple different, so we were talking about ASMR content, we didn't like it, and then talking about, oh, um, and then being very um, not professional. With the, the podcast editing and stuff, yeah. So the way I like to do my podcast editing is very weird, but it works out for me. What I do, I record, because it's not a live podcast, so I'll, and it's just me, so I can pretty much record it however. Mm -hmm. I record by sentence. Pause, record, pause, record. Okay. So, for example, it would be like, oh, today we're going to learn about this. Pause it. Guess what? I don't have to. <laughs> and it's funny because by doing that, it sounds, I'm pretty sure you heard a few of my episodes, that they just sound like I'm speaking like continuously, right? The editing, yeah. Yeah. No editing. Just really? the pause and record. Hmm. And I found that that's how it like worked really well for me. Okay, because I mean, listening to the podcast Unbroken Tenacity, I mean, it's definitely it sounds pretty normal. There's one or two areas where I think I'm like, oh, it, either it didn't feel like it matched up, or it made the audio does sound like, oh, maybe like, you know, it's one line may feel like it's skipping over the other, where it may feel yeah. like, okay, it's a little bit edited, but um, I didn't really so. So like you just record. So why do you do that method? I'm curious because yeah, I'm trying to think of that method and it's because for me it's like if I'm talking like continuously because mm -hmm. it's not live, I don't feel pressure. Mm. But since I know I'm recording myself, it's weird and it's like I hate hearing my voice. So press play, pause, record. Press play, pause, record. So right there, if I'm getting like those little segments of like be like, oh today this is what I'm gonna talk about in my podcast, right? Pause it right there. That's its own little sentence. And then I click it. If I like it, keep it. If I don't like it, re-record. Instead of like, because you know how some people, I know some people, they would record the whole entirety of their podcast. And then eventually they're like, okay, they'll listen to everything. And they're like, I don't like this part. I'm going to cut it out. And then I'm going to put it back together. And when you do that, sometimes it doesn't sync up and you're just like, damn, that's like a whole segment gone. Mm, interesting. Okay. I guess the way I like to do my podcast is very – I like to have more of the raw footage because I like just posting just the conversation and stuff like that. Yeah. So when it comes to things kind of like, like the mic thing and that stuff like that, it's just, <laughs> it's just fun. Like, you know what? Screw it. If someone wants to have a laugh watching that, cool. And if someone thinks, oh, that could have been edited out, that's a waste of time. Well, then to that person, it's a waste of time. Who really cares? Yeah. You know, it, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of just being transparent for the most part. And, yeah. Um, that's kind of the way I like to do this. Also, I try, it's less editing. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no, it's less, it's less editing. And it's, it feels more authentic because it's in the raw, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's, in, it's in the moment, so it sounds a little bit more authentic. You know, I don't have to script something. It's like the same thing like I was telling. I, my podcast is not scripted. Everything is just, I write down, I usually come up with unique titles, and this is the way I come up with um, topics. I, since it gives me a whole month to plan a whole episode. I can record it the day before, I can record it like a day's way before it needs to be uploaded, right? Um, I like talking to random people, and it can be you, it can be just somebody random, and the next thing you know, they say like a word, and the next thing you know, you're just like, huh, this sounds like a good topic. 
So I've done a few topics where it's like I've been talking to some of my friends and they were like, they don't tell me, oh, you should talk about this. They're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's about the people that you talk to. So I come up with unique um, titles for my thing and then I go based off of that. So based off the title I create, I create the whole podcast on that. Okay. And then you just kind of just establish a few talking points Mm -hmm. and then just based off of that. Yeah, that's pretty. Just write down the, Mm -hmm. the title maybe do like a bullet point and that's it because i used to have it like when i first started doing it it was like the title um intro bullet point bullet point bullet point transition into the next one bullet point bullet point transition bullet point bullet point close and i was like i don't like that that's too much work on my end i'm just typing for no reason so i was like let me just talk on my own so that's what i started doing and I already know how long my intro is. I know how long my outro is. You know, my intro is like, you know, it's a na- it's like being an announcer for like a wrestling event. Mm-hmm. And then when you're closing, it's like if somebody gets pinned. So I think that was a pretty smart way of opening and ending the podcast. I think that's a very unique way. I still need to figure out how to get that audio a little bit crispy. Just because on mine, you can press the button and you can automatically record the audio that's coming through. But when it feeds it back to the computer, it doesn't sound as good. So I have to kind of edit that part. But sometimes I don't really need to. But I do want to fix it up a little bit. But it sounds good the way it is. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty satisfied with it. You ever thought about using like one of like the soundproof uh, these things right here? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, my room is just cluttered with a lot of collectibles. So there's not really much I need to cover. I thought about it, but I was like, it's just going to make my room feel more cluttered than it already is. Because I have a, I'm a Pop Funko collector. Okay. So I have a whole collection of Pop Funkos, so that's all over my room. And then, I mean, that kind of creates a nice amount of, you know, soundproofing and everything. It, it is crazy to see the difference between an empty room and then a full room and then the sound difference and the yep. sound waves just, just getting absorbed and everything. It's hilarious. Yeah, and I found that out when I was taking the class for the, the radio laboratory. I was living in the dorms at the time, and I was recording everything from my room, but my room had nothing in it. Like, nothing at all. So it would just be echoey, and all you would hear just every little chitter-chatter, every chitter-chatter. You can hear everything that was coming from the living room and stuff like that. And then with my room, you can still hear everything, but not as much, because on my system, it has a denoise button, and you can hit it twice, so it can, like, crisp out everything. But I started to find out when I use the denoise button, it doesn't catch my, it doesn't catch my audio all the time. So I'll be talking, and it would, like, kind of, chirp out my voice a little bit and mm-hmm. I was like yeah no I don't like that so I just started just doing it raw like this and I was like it doesn't sound bad if I have it at a certain level because I know I think one of my episodes was very low and I was like I'm not gonna go back and fix it because then I would have to like go back into the system delete it redo everything and then like up the audio and stuff like that if you don't record with the with the proper amount of audio it's kind of when you go in to edit it, it's kind of hard because sometimes your voice goes up and down all the time and it's not catching properly. So when you're doing the audio edit, you're like, damn, you kind of have to like listen to it clearly and see like where does it need to go high, where does it need to go low and stuff like that. So I just keep it at one position because it's just like you pot it up. So I leave it probably like at the eight right there and then that's pretty much how I do it. And the condenser mic picks up everything. So it's a pretty good mic. So I'm pretty satisfied with it. Okay. Yeah, so that's why for me, too, I always use headphones. Mm-hmm. It's I think every podcast, no matter what, should always use headphones. It's just I think it makes the audio just everything sounds so much more clearer. It makes me, it makes more sense to be able to hear yourselves 
in the headphones, and then that way no one really tries to talk over each other. Because even in, I saw like an episode, like it was like the Joe Rogan um, podcast where he had like Mr. Beast on, and they were talking about like, oh, why do you wear headphones? And it's like it makes a good point though, because if I I listen to podcasts where there's more than three people on there, and just in conversations in general, we all kind of talk over each other a little bit, just naturally, with the way just inflections in our voice go and all that stuff. But then with headphones, we can hear each other a lot better, so that way we're not just talking over each other. Oh yeah, and it, it like it singles the person out when they're talking, so it works out a lot better instead of like. Oh, this person's talking now. I'm looking over here. Like technically, I wouldn't have to be looking at you because I can still hear you pretty clear through my ears. So exactly. I can see th- that. I only use headphones because it's easier for me to like hear everything, and I don't want my roommates. You know, I live with three other people, and I don't need them like listening in. And they're like, "Bro, what are you doing?" You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they already have enough with me in gaming, so <laughs> they don't need to do me in recording too. Well, also too, I think headphones with it, they just make everything. It. To me, my brain, everything, it sounds a lot more smoother and more natural the way that you have a conversation with two people, maybe three at most, if you have headphones. Because I think if we're talking at the same time, it just sounds like just garbled noise and it just is not pleasing to listen to. And so I think it also helps to have headphones because then it's like, oh, when you're talking, I'm more inclined to just kind of just shut up and because I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Because everything else, it just sounds so messy. And then that way, and that's why I don't like listening to podcasts with more than three people on there. Yeah, because then you don't know who to focus on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's a lot of um, those. I think they really ran more like a TV show. Yeah. And so I'm like, if you want to run a podcast, it's kind of like a TV show, and then just put it on YouTube and call it like a TV show or something like yeah. that. But um, I've been actually watching um, a couple of videos uh, lately of this guy. He rides a Cerrone or he just a BMX bike, uh-huh. and he lives near um, South Central LA. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just goes through all these areas. Just, he goes through a lot of bad neighborhoods that a lot of people just in general would never go to. Yeah. And uh, one of the places that he went down was Figueroa Street. And yeah. so I know you told me that you. I used I, I used to live on Figueroa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and the thing too is for me. Just give you a lot of just some context too. Is I'm from like born, uh, you know, pretty much I'm from you know the Central Valley, and so I don't know a lot about everything in the with with you know within LA culture, and so you know when you mention that too, I you know I'm like okay, and, you know, South Central LA, that's like you know not the greatest area, and then having to educate myself and learning a lot more about it, I'm like oh okay. Yeah, honestly, it's not even it's not a bad place. It's the people that are in it, so. I feel like if you if you get a certain, like, let's say you live in a certain area, right, everything's nice, but you always have that one group of people that it's just like, why, why are you messing up everything for everybody? Mm-hmm. That's, there's a lot of good people in those areas. I met a lot of my good friends there. You know, I'm still really good friends with, like, half of the people there. But I've been surrounded with, like, people doing stuff that it's like, well, what's the point of you doing this? Right. Like, over here, I don't see as many things that happen out here. Like, the most I'll probably see is a bunch of people, like, go into a store and run out with stuff. Over there in South LA, I've seen people, you know, there was shootings, there was drive-bys, there's drug deals going on, there's prostitution, and everything's just going on. You're just like, wow, I I live in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And over here, you're like, I live in the middle of cows. What are they going to (laughs) do? I think it's just so crazy because LA is just so big. It's overpopulated. It's very overpopulated. And that's why another reason why I didn't want to stay over there, because one, it's overpopulated. If an area is very populated, they're going to raise the rent because they don't want people going over there. But people are still going to go over there because they're like, oh, it's probably like the best place to live. Mm-hmm. It really isn't, though, just because it's overpopulated. I don't know. I've heard, I watched a video recently saying that New York is having a congestion tax. 
I don't know how true it is. Supposedly the governor, I think it's the governor of uh, New York, said that they're going to do in, or introduce that um, commute tax, like $23 for a truck and then like $17 for a car. Yeah, and then like for like bigger trucks, I think it's like $36. And then on a the weekend, they're going to bump up the price. I was like, you know how many people live in New York? Like just mm-hmm. you going in, not a lot of a lot of people drive. That's why there's so much traffic out there. But then also that's like everybody takes public transportation, and they said they're gonna start charging the people that are taking public transportation. At that point, just take a car. Right, and then it's like if you're gonna get charged for taking a private car, then it's like well then you might as well take public transit, you know. And I, I think it's mostly just within the Manhattan area though, right? Probably something like that. I just you know whatever that video had on it. Yeah, it's so weird because. I can only imagine what it's like living in an area with, I think it, with I don't know how many millions of people live in you know, the Manhattan area. It's like well over like four million people I think live there, yeah. and just yeah, all the car congestion and everything like that. And it makes you kind of wonder, I'm like, what a New York or Manhattan would be like if you didn't allow a lot of private cars there. Which sounds crazy, but if you made it where it's mostly just maybe public transit, and then that would probably slow down the congestion. Yeah. And then you give it more people a better option to be like, hey, instead of you know driving here and wasting your money being in bumper bumper traffic, if you make like the subway, you revamp the subway, make everything a lot better, and maybe make bus routes better, um, invest the money more in that, then I think people would probably be more open to it. Because I think isn't like most people, a lot of people in, who work in Manhattan don't even live there; they just commute there from yeah. Jersey and other spots. Yeah. I have, I have a friend that's in New Jersey, and pretty much that's pretty much what she told me too. It's like people pretty. I think her brother actually he travels, but I think that's part of his job where he travels to different places. But like he'll like he lived in New Jersey, but he's like in New York and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're just there for like a few days, and yeah, it's cool. But also, if you're there for a few days and you're just like stuck in the traffic, you're like, I don't want to come back. Like, don't send me back to this job site, you know? <laughs> exactly. LA and you know like Manhattan like those are all spots where I just I've seen those you know videos like people just kind of like walking around and stuff like that and it just looks like a concrete jungle yeah it's just there's so many people yeah you know I can't I feel how much brain stimulus is that just seeing that many people just kind of living their lives around you honestly it bothers me being around a lot of people I've been to, like, a few concerts and stuff, and I've been fine, but, like, then that's when I was like, there's too many people here. I'm getting too hot, and, like, it bothers me because, like, if you're around a lot of people like that, you start, like, smelling body odors, and I was just like, bro, I don't want to be around that. I was like, me, for one, I'm very, like, very on top of my hygiene because it bothers me. If I know that I'm smell, I'm going to be like this all day because I was like, I don't want to open my arms. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm that type of person. I was like, I want to be clean. I want to smell clean. I'm pretty sure you notice I'm always dressing up, not because I want to, but, well, I want to, but I just like dressing up, too. Like, I don't like going out and being like, I'm going to wear some sweats and a sweater. I have two different moods. That one is that <laughs> mood <laughs> where I'm like, I'm going to just wear something comfortable, and the other one's like, I'm going to dress up a bit, you know? For me, like, for me, like, this is very casual with, like, yeah. you know, like the jeans and then the hoodie and everything like that, and so um, it's... I don't know, I have a very casual style, but I like your style. You're very well put together. Yeah, I do. I, I love dressing up differently. Like, today, it's, like, my overalls, my shoes. I'm a big shoe person. I don't have a lot of shoes right now. I have, like, maybe, like, 12 pairs of shoes, which is probably a lot more than most people. But when I was younger, my dad was always like, oh, you only need one pair of shoes because that's what you're going to wear for, like, you know, you got to go to school. 
put on your shoes. You got to go here, put on your shoes. Maybe you had your one dress shoe and all that. So once I started making my own money, I was like, it it helps to a lot of people who are like sneakerheads. They won't wear the same pair over and over again unless if it's the ones that they're gonna use all the time, which those are your, called your beaters. Okay. So, um, but if you have like a collection of shoes, they'll wear a different pair a day. Just it helps out without creasing them. It helps to keep them not getting dirty. And then, you know, it matches your outfit. You know, you can wear anything. So you'll always see me with a different pair of shoes. Most of the time, if I'm coming from work, I, I have my docs on. What kind of shoes do you have on right now? I have, these are my Nike Air Forces. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's okay. It's a Billie Eilish collab. Oh, okay. These are her mushrooms that came out, like, a while ago. Like, see, maybe, like, two, mushrooms? three years ago. Yeah, but it's because of the color pattern. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I... Because they kind of look like the color of, like, uh, what is it? Not the portobello. Just normal mushrooms. I don't know what type of mushroom. Portobello mushroom? I think portobello, portobello mushrooms are a little bit brownish. I think. There's a certain type of mushroom, but, yeah. But these are, you know, you remember how I told you I'm a big Billie Eilish fan, so mm-hmm. I bought her shoes. I wanted more of her shoes. She keeps on releasing a lot of Nike shoes. And that's, like, one of the ones that I want all the time. Here, let me see what kind of shoes is it that she's going to release. Because I know she just released her Alpha Elites, I think they're called. Or they're just called Alphas. I don't remember. But um, I, I I don't buy every shoe to be like, oh, this shoe's dropping. I need it, you know? I buy the like, oh, I like the way this shoe looks. I'm going to get it, you know? Um, but I'm I'm open to like wearing any type of shoe. I'm not like, hey, I'm going to just buy Nikes because that's what I like. Me personally, I don't like Jordans just because they're very uncomfortable to wear. Because they started off as basketball shoes, but then people turned it into, uh, it's a style. So they stopped making them for basketball and more for style. So they're not as comfortable as they need to be. I know some people still use, like, um, Jordans for basketball shoes, but mm-hmm. there's other shoes out there that a lot of people are like, oh, I'd rather get this basketball player's shoes and stuff like that. All, so many basketball players almost have their own signature line of shoes. Yeah, so many. The, I own a pair just because I learned how to play basketball, and I, I that's one of the things that I like learning how to do. I would go outside and just play basketball myself and just learn how to like shoot hoops and all that. Um, trying to get the Billie Eilish Nike shoes to <laughs> load up. Hopefully, the internet will mm-hmm. let us. Yeah. Um, so I bought. I'm I'm not too sure if you're f- uh, familiar with uh, Giannis. Oh, Giannis, yeah. Giannis, yeah. I have a pair of his shoes. Okay. Yeah, and those are like my basketball shoes if I go out to play because I'm not going to use my normal shoes to go, like, go out to play. I don't have shoes to go out to play basketball, so I bought those, and those are like affordable. I feel like a lot of kids have uh, have a pair of his shoes because they're affordable. How comfortable are they? They're pretty comfortable. For basketball shoes, they're pretty like – I'm not too sure what a good basketball shoe is because I never really like got into they're basketball. Jordans. Yeah. Okay, they're Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not – they're pretty comfortable from what I ha- have. And it's like a baby blue, baby pink, white, turquoise deal. So I really like it a lot. So then I just bought some, like, shorts that match, like, with it. You know, I could wear some black ones and stuff. Okay, my hotspot's not working. <laughs> it's okay. We'll see what those shoes look like in another lifetime. Um, but, yeah, I have a pair of those. I got three pairs of Docs. I have um, I have some shoes that I got from Target that were, like, look nice. They're, like, fancy. So I was like, oh, they're $25. Might as well get them, you know? Okay. And then I... I own, like, several pairs of Nikes. I own two pairs of Adidas. I wear a lot of Vans. So it's all over the place. So you kind of have a very, pretty diverse collection of shoes. Nice. Yeah. I, when it comes to shoes, I'm not, you know, 
I'm very picky when it comes to shoes. I like wearing sneakers and everything like that. Yeah. But I've always, I've always been very simple when it comes to my taste in shoes. I don't like anything that's too flashy or over the top. Yeah. I like more simple designs. Even like the like Yeezys. I like when Kanye made it had. I think it's 2014 to 2016 when those like off white easy 350s. Were yeah, no, really they were nice. Popping. Like I actually wanted those shoes. Nah, I did too. Uh, a lot of my friends. Uh, one of my my teachers back in high school, he was he used to buy like everything like that. Really. And I, I used to talk to him. and I was like, how comfortable? And he's like, I wear them every day. They're that comfortable. I was like, wow. And I never got a pair because I was like eh, paying that much for some shoes. Mm-hmm. I think the most I've paid for a pair of shoes was like 230. Yeah, I mostly ever pay for a pair of shoes. I think was like maybe close to two hundred bucks. Yeah, which I don't think shoes, in my opinion, should be worth that much. I think there's a there's a point where definitely shoes become a status symbol, and I mean, that uh, shoes are an interesting topic because I think they're really, excuse me, I think they're a great style piece, and I think a lot of people just they definitely use them as a status as a status symbol, which I think is fine, but there's definitely cases where people lose their life over sneakers yeah it's like a question if it's worth you know getting those shoes uh, me personally i don't think so i mean the one pair of shoes i was chasing after for so long was when across the spider-verse came out they re-released the chicago's and the style that miles had him when he was tra- uh, like traveling through the dimensions Okay. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I chased after them for so long. When I finally saw them in person, I was like, I, I'm glad I didn't buy them because I didn't like them in person. Really? You didn't care yeah. for the design or anything? No, the design kind of threw it off. And there's another pair of shoes that pop up in the movie. And I was like, I would rather get those than getting the other ones. But those only released for friends and family who worked at Nike. And I think there was only 100 pairs that were sold. Oh, wow. I've seen videos. Um, there's this, uh, I don't know what you would call them if they're like just um authenticators but they will they're at these shoe conventions and they just make sure that everything's kind of legit yeah and there's this one girl and her account is super huge and she just inspects them just all types of shoes i think i know who you're talking about right Mm -hmm. yeah and she'll just like she'll do like a sniff test and everything like that make sure everything's good (laughs) and people will comment on the videos being like dude why is she giving a sniff test to a shoe and everything and people are they joke about the factories that they were made in and stuff and i think when it comes to shoes a lot of that stuff kind of should be taken into consideration yeah. i don't know it I, it's weird i don't know i feel like shoes shouldn't cost as much as they do but when they're manufactured at the places that they are it's like you question oh if they're manufactured here how much would they be if they were sold here yeah um when it like for me i grew up in a mexican household but i'm also puerto rican so i have a little bit of everything i used to go to the swami all the time or the flea market and i used to get my shoes from there I didn't care when I was younger. I used to shop at. If, if we record something. What the hell? Interesting. What? Wait. Now you sound a little louder. What the? What a transition. This just stopped recording. Where is my voice? Hello. This is all so stressful. Okay. So yeah, we're recording again. Okay, so I took a journalism class in high school, and I thought journalism was just newspaper, you're going to be, you know, reporting, I was like, alright, it sounds cool, we started a newspaper at high school, I was one of the writers for the newspaper, and I was like, oh, that's cool, 
So I used to take my mom my newspapers and I used to give to my mom and my mom's like, oh my gosh, you have a newspaper and an article and then, you know, we had our editors and stuff like that. Um, eventually I left it and I was like, I don't want to be part of it. My ex was one of the editors and I was just like, we had broken up at the time, so I was like, she was being very biased about my stuff. So I was like, uh, Not yeah. Not the greatest work environment. I was just like, I I'm good. You know, I it's just extracurricular activity. I was like, I figured something else out. Started doing yearbooks, started uh, taking pictures for yearbook. I was the main chief editor. I was like the main person. So, I mean, I pretty much helped create the whole yearbook and stuff. And I was like, you know what, that's pretty fun. Got into uh, college. I was like, I kind of want to minor in something. And I was like, let me minor in journalism. And I did. And I saw all the classes that were offered. So, you know, I'm still going on the track like, oh, you're going to write for the newspaper. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do reporting. Not once did I think about the radio because I didn't think that I fell under journalism. But it's a type of broadcasting. So, of course, it falls under it. I took uh, Greg's class. And then so they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to be on the radio. You mean I'm going to be on the radio? They were like, yeah, the class is literally you sit down and broadcasting on the radio mm -hmm. and that's when I fell in love with it because I was like oh this is fun because you know it's there's no commercials there's you're pretty much the commercials yourself so you can pretty much say what you want how you want to say it you just you know there's certain rules and regulations I'm like oh this is fun took it a second year because I was like oh I could use it as a as an elective for my journalism so like, all right cool so I took it again and then they offered the position of program editor and that's the Rick's position and me, Jackie, and Rick all applied for the same position. And they're like, all three of you got the job, but you guys got three different positions. He got program, Jackie got promotions, and I got music director. So I was like, what is music director? They're like, oh, you're going to be, we feel like you would be fit to like, you know, listen to the music, thumbs up, thumbs down. You don't like it, you know, put it in a pile. If you like it, put it in another pile. Put it on the computer, put it on the automation, and there you go. So pretty much I'm the one who listens to all the music, throws all the music onto the, the automation, and then there it goes, it's running. So most of the music that you've heard is probably all the music directors that have been here, so it's a combination of all that. Right now, what we're trying to do is redo the automation slowly because it's outdated music. I feel like a lot of people don't want, like yes, we are an alternative channel, but there's not a lot of familiar songs that you hear on the radio, so right. we're just like, we need to throw some stuff in there that is like familiar, because that's how you get people to listen in. That's how you get people to be like, oh my gosh, I like your show. We're already unique because we already have different genres that we play, and we have set times that those play, so we got like listeners listening at set times because they're like, oh, I like this. And then we have the student broadcasters who come in and they're like, oh, we get to do our own show, and you know, that's unique because it's like, it's your own show. You don't have to choose a specific... You can choose a specific genre and do a whole show based off that. Mm -hmm. So that's what I liked about it. I was like, you're pretty much doing your own thing. So when I started working here, I was like, oh, pretty much I set my own hours in a certain way. I just can't work a certain, like, a limit. And then after that, but I'm... Other than that, I usually... I'm just in here doing homework and stuff in my office. So that's how I started doing the radio and stuff. <laughs> it's fun. My aunt also works for a radio station in Fresno. So she said if I pretty much didn't want to like continue doing college or if I didn't have like anything to do after college, I could just go work with her. So I have a backup plan. How much? It's always good to have a backup plan. Yeah. How much have you learned working at the radio station here? <sighs> There's a lot of rules and regulations. And if you don't go by them. <laughs> good old FCC. Yeah, if you don't go by them, it, it can 
It's a fat find. It's a really fat. One of my favorite memories of taking Radio Lab is when um, Greg was talking about George Carlin and the seven curse words. Yeah. You know, the no no words for the FCC. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Um, it's kind of crazy to think about how we give. Do you think when you do something like that, is it giving a lot of power to certain words? Where, you know, like, for example, you can't say shit on, you know, the air yeah. where it gets censored out. So do you think giving, do you think that gives power to a word like that? Or what? what's your uh, take on not being able to say curse words? I feel like it just makes everything a little bit more professional, you know? So, I mean, if you're working for a radio, everybody's listening. Anybody can listen. So I'm pretty sure you don't want to tune into a radio and you got somebody like swearing left and right. You're just like, what, what is this? I'm just yeah, that's entertaining thing. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, trust me, they got, they got radio stations. And now they got podcasts full of that, you know? And that's why people listen to podcasts more than they listen to the radio now. Mm-hmm. So it's because with podcasts and like videos like that, there's a little bit less restrictions because you know they're not live. You can go back and you can go back and edit your videos. You can edit your podcast and you can take all that stuff out or bleep it out. Unlike live things, you can't be like, oh yeah, shit this, shit that. You can't. It was already said. True. And whoever's just, listening to it, <laughs> right then and there, you know? Unless you're Howard Stern, then you're just paying for Sirius XM. Yeah. Take bullshit. Yeah, no. Uh, what do you think? Actually, have you, do you listen to Sirius XM or have you listened to it at all, like, uh, my, in general in your life? Yeah, my dad's car used to have it. I think that was the deal of getting the car. You get Sirius XM for, like, a year. So, I mean, it, it's cool because you pretty much put on anything you want. It's like pretty much getting cable, you know? I would say it's the cable radio. Because you can yeah. tune into anything. Mm, definitely. I remember, you mean, getting a, um, what do I, I forget what electronic device it was. It came with, like, three months of Sirius XM. Yeah. And so, um, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll use Sirius XM. But I think it's fun that they're always promoting it and stuff like that. But there's nothing I found on Sirius XM was really, I would listen to on the Howard Stern show, which I think for streaming services in general, that's a big problem. Yeah, because I feel like for majority of them, there's always the one big show, and then there's nothing else. Like Peacock, I think is a great example of that. There's The Office, and there's nothing else. Yeah, honestly, on Peacock, I, I do gotta agree with that because I I'm a I love watching horror movies. So um, recently, I was we were looking for something to watch, and I was like, oh, let's go see what the horror movies they have on Peacock. I was like, I haven't heard of any of these movies. But they're super old, from like the seventies. I was like, what what is like half of this is like. They got like the blob and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, they got like the old, like, you know, the old horror movie films like Dracula and uh, the the Monster of Frankenstein and stuff. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and I love those movies. But then you got to like the movies, like, they, I think they have that Winnie the Pooh movie, the horror movie on there too. Um, and I was like, the only reason I use Peacock right now is because I'm watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched it. Um, let's go. I have watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think one of the actors recently passed away. Yeah, I'm, I'm devastated because I'm still re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I want to finish it in its entirety. They took it off of Hulu and put it on Peacock, so that's where I've been watching it. And then when I found out he passed away, my, my friend called me and he was like, bro, Captain Holt passed away. I was like, don't tell me that. I was like, don't tell me that. So it's all over my, my feed. If <laughs> on my Instagram, you'll probably see everything I'm posting right now. It is very, very, it's, it's sad. I mean, yeah. At least you're able to kind of watch Brooklyn Nine and be able to appreciate, you know, the art that they were able to help put out. Oh yeah, definitely. So there's always a bright, a brighter way to look at it. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just you know, it's sad he died pretty young. I feel like there's a lot of people dying pretty young nowadays too, mm -hmm. like very, very young. 
I mean, a lot of it, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a vaccine. No. No, I think honestly, so I think variables. I think he died of lung cancer. So my question is, if like he was like a chronic smoker or stuff like that, because you think lung cancer, you're like, oh, he was smoking. It's true. But yeah. it, I I can't tell. You know, I'm not in his personal life. We already went through that skin. Yeah, and I'm joking. I say like, oh, it's a vaccine. No, no, no. Of course, yeah, of course. There's so many different variables for people's health and stuff like that. And I mean, we're kind of talking early, so you kind of deal sometimes with heartburn here yeah. and there and. That's something where okay, you yourself, you kind of have to just watch that throughout your entire life. Right? Yeah. You make sure you don't eat anything too too spicy. Yeah, nothing too spicy. Uh, it's kind of weird because of the things that I can't eat. One of the things that boggles my mind that I cannot eat is tomatoes. Really? You can't toma- eat tomatoes. Tomatoes are very acidic. I was like, they're water though. So to me, yeah. What, what about oranges? Me personally, dude, yeah, it's this, anything citrus, I can't have either. Okay. Yeah, which kind of sucks. I'm not really into um, orange juice that much. I'm an apple juice person. I love apple juice way more than I do, like, orange juice. But other than that, you know, it's like lemonades. But, I, yeah, I drink lemonades every now and then. Um, anything that's fried, because I have high cholesterol, too, which is funny because the thing that made, gave me high cholesterol was me eating chicken nuggets from McDonald's all the time. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. It's on the fast food. Yeah. Uh, so, before my dad passed away, I started eating a lot better. I remember, like I said, I just started drinking a lot more water. Um, coffee helps out, too, sometimes, because it helps with your digestion. Um, I started, like, meal prepping, so I started making better foods instead of, like, frying them. I used to cook at home a lot more, because I love cooking, but <laughs> cooking's, like, probably one of my favorite things of doing. Um... Good life skill. Yeah, definitely. I know. I feel like not a lot of guys know how to cook. Mm-hmm. Not so. a lot of people in general in our age know how to cook. Yeah. Everyone just order off of apps and everything. We're going to fast food. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much work to cook. But for me, I, my mom taught me how to cook, so I was just like, I could just embrace it. So I just talked to my mom and be like, hey, I made this today. She's like, oh my gosh, it looks good. You got to teach me how to make it. I was like, mom, it was just like, you know, I just threw it all together. And just, that's what cooking is. You throw things together and next thing you find, you find out something. That's a new recipe right there. Um, I went down to go handle everything for my like dad's funeral and stuff like that, and I was making sure that I was taking care of my family. And you know, nobody who wants to cook during a time like that, you know. Right. No, nobody has. I had money at the time, so I was just like, whatever you guys need, let me know, and I'll pay, I'll pay for it. I kid you not, I probably spent like close to a thousand just on food because we were out there for like maybe a week or two. Well, I was out there for a week or two, and uh, I was just like, damn. I was eating fast food constantly, and when I came back, that's when my heartburn started. Mm. All of that started because of, I was eating very, very good, and then next thing you know, you go back into that cycle of eating um, fast food and stuff like that, and it, it kills you, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it kills you. I try not to eat out a lot, or I just try to be very specific when I go out to eat. I don't go to McDonald's as often as I used to, so I would rather go to like the Habit, for example, because they have like grilled chicken sandwiches. So I was like, yeah, I guess it's kind of healthy. It's not healthy, but you know, I'm still getting fries on the side. I think the fries are like the worst part of like any fast food meal because it's like it's a grease pocket. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm just very specific on what I get when I go out to eat. But then sometimes I was like, damn, I really want like, you know, load up the burrito, you know? <laughs> yeah, see, and a lot of people, I think, when it comes to something like food, I've, I've Kind of growing up, I've always have been very, you know, gone back and forth with my relationship with food and stuff, yeah. and trying to be 
in good health. And I've always gone back and forth and everything like that and working on staying healthy. And I do like um, researching about health and nutrition and stuff like yeah. that. And it's very, very interesting to know like what goes in our bodies, what happens to our bodies and you know learning about working out and stuff like that like what happens afterwards like oh why you need electrolytes and stuff like that it's very very to me very intriguing and so i think um one thing that a lot of people talk about oh like your diet and that's when everyone talks about oh you need to have like you should do macro um time your macros or they sh they want to do a, oh if it fits your macros you can eat whatever you want technically or you know everyone likes to do fasting or yeah. like some types of rules or restrictions and some people just say hey you only live once have at it eat what you want yeah. well for me like like I was telling you earlier is what helped me lose weight was cutting out soda and mm -hmm. just drinking water and I was the type of person my dad used to drink water all the time my dad was very big in the zero sugar phase so he used to drink anything zero sugar eat everything zero sugar that's that's what he believed in. I was like, all right, cool. You know, you do you know, you're always drinking water, and my dad got really skinny. I was like, oh wow. So when he passed away, my mind said, do the same thing. I was like, all right, and it worked. And you know, I walk, I skate everywhere. So I, what what a benefit, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, just by cutting out soda alone, like when I started getting back into it, because I drink soda every now and then, but not as much as I used to. Because it used to be like I need a soda with every meal, you know. Now I can go to a restaurant and be like, oh, can I get a water? Yeah. You know, I used to hate drinking water with a meal because really? I was like, it's not going to make me burp, you know, I'm not going to release everything I need to do, but honestly, it's a lot better because when you're eating, the way I like to think about water, water is, uh, it's kind of like a hunger suppressant if you know how to use it. So if you drink it in the morning, it's good because it like, you know, it regulates your everything that's in your digestive tract, and then when you're eating, you don't feel the need to eat more than what you need to. Mm -hmm. So that's the good thing about water. So that's why they're like... If you're gonna snack, snack and like, um, like snack every now and then. Don't snack like, oh, I'm gonna snack, you know. Here's a big bag of chips, I'm gonna eat the whole big bag of chips, and then later on, you're like, oh, I'm gonna have a big meal, you know. You're supposed to snack, eat your meals. They say three to two meals are good, right? So for me, I usually do breakfast and then my dinner. But in between, I'll be like eating snacks or I'll go by like buy something, but I'll be drinking water in between because it like feel, it fills you up. So they said it's good to drink water like in the morning and drink water at night just because it helps like clear out everything and just like keeps you so straight on that. So I mean that, that that's my weight loss story. <laughs> I was 240. Pretty much when you met me I was probably like already like getting down to like the 230s. So like right now I'm at like 194. Nice. Yeah so I was like. <laughs> and you feel a lot, you feel a lot better now versus this when you were a lot bigger too. Yeah, I felt like I didn't run and stuff. Like I always out of breath. I mean, I still feel out of breath regardless because, you know, air quality here is just nasty. But <laughs> um, yeah, I feel it too. When I, lo I lost like around like 60-ish pounds too and I yeah. used to be close to like 240 and stuff. I remember being a shorter dude, it, it, it's the breathing. It's always like the breathing. You feel like it's more of like a labored breathing. You have to physically work harder to take in the air and you think to yourself like, am I really working this hard just to breathe right now? Like, that's what I would think to myself. Yeah. You know, and then even just, like, sitting down and stuff like that. And, um, you know, now it's... I'm kind of, like, I'm in the round of 170s, 180s, which is really nice, and I'm still working on it. Yeah. But um, I can... That's the one thing I've noticed now since then is I can just... Breathing is so much easier. And so I think it's... I don't know. I, I'm all about, like... I'm going to say, like, 
body positivity and all that stuff. But also, I'm like, you need to be taking care of yourself and, you know, wanting to do the best you can physically because you want to have your, you know, body with you for, you know, the next 20, you know, or however many years, you know, we got left on this earth. Yeah, I don't know why 20 came to my head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, for me, I... I never really went to the gym as much as I want to. Sometimes it just doesn't fit in my schedule. And it's like, I do, I have to go really early in the morning. I have to go really late at night. And it's like, that's already disrupting my sleep. And I feel like that's the number one thing people need to mm-hmm. is sleep. I mean, as college students, you already know we don't sleep for nothing. Oh, yeah. The stress levels usually at an all-time high in like high school to college. Yeah. And it's like my sleeping schedule has been all over the place. But ever since, because I used to be sleeping at like, I used to wake up like really late. I used to wake up for like around this time, like one or two, and then go to sleep around like three. So it's like, I would still kind of get my sleep, but it's not like the type of sleep I would need. But now since I work two jobs, I'm just so tired. I can get home and I can sleep at like 10 or 11 now and wake up in the morning. My body's just used to waking. I used to hate waking up in the morning. Every time I used to have like an opening shift, I would have to wake up at five, get there by six. And I was just like, yeah, no. I don't like it. And then eventually I started getting in the room. And I was like, honestly, not that bad. I, I would prefer opening than closing. Because you would rather set things up than put things away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my work schedule, I work a night shift. And so it's, there's advantages to it. Like being able to kind of do this here during the day and then go work there during night. But it really fucks with your sleeping schedule. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some nights where I'm getting five, six hours of sleep because of the way of the days off work and everything like that. And then right now, since it's, you know, holidays you know we're working 12-hour shifts and so it's one of those things where you're kind of just work sleep work sleep work sleep but you know there's so many you, know, you gotta unwind in between there you know you gotta you know, go home you gotta buy you get food you gotta cook food, you know your dinners and all this stuff and it there's a lot of ways where you know just eating you know fast food is just a nice substitute for that and then that's kind of where a lot of people we just you know we put on that weight but it's not really half of it is kind of our own fault because we choose to eat it but yeah. also half of it is just a result of the work schedules that we do have you know and it's just choosing what's more convenient you know and able to you know sustain our hunger for now because you know to be honest what's not it's what what do you want what would you rather do when you're hella tired you know have someone make food for you or you you know having to spend 20 30 minutes and prepping and making your food for you yeah yeah no most definitely i mean i don't want to come like I said, two jobs. I'm pretty sure you don't want to cut, like you're done with your, your shift and you're just like, I just want to go home and sleep. Like, I, exactly. I'm going to have sleep for dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Adam, so it's, I don't know, I, I can 100% relate to you on that. Yeah. And, um, I think definitely when it comes to your work schedule, it's just, it's crucial to have some kind of balance. But meal prepping really helped with that. It, only thing that sucks about meal prepping though is by like day day four you don't want to eat the same thing over and over again yeah mm-hmm. so what I did when I started meal prepping I would pretty much make the same thing right so my go-to was I wasn't eating red meat for like almost like a whole year and I, I, I love red meat you know give me a burger I, I, I'll tear it up right now <laughs> uh, it was rice chicken some type of fish vegetables and yeah that's pretty much it about that yeah. But what I would do, I'd make the rice, and then I would make two meals, like the vegetables, the same. And then I would take, uh, I would season the, like the fish or the protein a different way. 
so I wouldn't have to deal with like, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. So I would make it, I, it was the same dish made in a different way. Okay. So that's how I combated it, but I, I would only make about three days because like you said, after the fourth fifth day, you're just like, yeah, no. Sometimes you can like freeze it, but I was like, yeah, freezing stuff and then like bringing it out. I feel like it just doesn't taste the same. Mm -hmm. And especially the majority of the time, you're just you're just microwaving it, and then putting in stuff in the microwave that doesn't taste nearly as good versus just freshly making it. And so, yeah, you know so, what I'm really thankful for? What's up? An air fryer. Yes, I love the air fryer because you can make anything in the air fryer. You could. That's probably like the that's the only reason why I tolerate having, um, like meal prepping, because think about it. You can stove, oven air fryer that's one way of like just knocking out everything because you can like have something frying air fryer you got something grilling on the grill and then you got something baking in the oven and that's another way that you can do the different things too but you can all do it at once of course mm -hmm. you're gonna take up a lot of power but True. you can do it all at once and it makes everything easier i mean i if i could i would air fry everything <laughs> i love the air fryer we got a big one too, but then mine was, it was starting to like not to like not power on. It was just not it, it didn't break. Yeah. It would just turn on and just shut off, and so I had to stop using the air fryer for a minute. And so, but when it was working, I would use it almost every day. Yeah, I actually got my air fryer from a thrift store. Hell yeah! Well, it's it's kind of skeptical to buy stuff like that at a thrift store. And I was like. It doesn't look the way that you can tell if like an air fryer was used and like taken care of. It looked brand new. It looked clean and everything. It was just kind of dusty because it was probably been on that rack for a while. And so like, when you open the air fryer, you have to look at the top part. Like so, it's pretty much like because all that heat that's rolling up, all the like everything that's picking up and stuff like that, it gets sticky on top. Right. It was not sticky. No residue whatsoever. Either they cleaned it really well, or they just that was somebody and they just decided they didn't want to use it. True. I feel like half the time people just throw away their stuff because they just end up not really using it, and then it kind of becomes waste. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that's definitely one thing. Too. I think people buy way too much shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then they don't know what shit. to do with it, and the next thing you know, it's just a waste of. It's just there. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that one. People do tend to buy more than what they need. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those things. I saw a video on Instagram actually today, and and it was this girl. She turns sixteen. And her parents got her a Tesla for. Her. Is there someone in the studio? Yeah, yeah, it's Rick. Oh, okay. What's up, Rick? Um, there's someone in the studio, uh, not in the studio. <laughs> her parents got her a car. Um, it was a Tesla. She didn't like it because she said, oh, I don't like electric cars and everything. And then she's like, oh, you guys only got me $1,600 for my birthday. You know, like, what the heck? You know, that's my golden year. And so, do you need to meet up with. Uh, no, 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 no. He's just walking around. He's just doing I bet. Um, and so then her parents were like, well, you're going to be, you know, you should be grateful you even got a car. And so they ended up taking it back and I think they got her like a Chevy Sonic yeah. and stuff. But I don't know. I can't imagine like getting an electric car like that and then just not, not appreciate it. You know, it's yeah. probably like one of the, I can't even say it's a luxurious car, but it's, it's a good car to have because it's eco-friendly. But mm -hmm. the thing about, I feel like there's a lot of people with Teslas now and now you have to struggle to find a station to charge it because you can have the station at home but also to get that installed and stuff like that it's a lot more what if you live in an apartment complex you can't install that just anywhere dude i've seen when i, I used to doordash and i've been to apartment complexes where people have teslas and what they'll do is <laughs> there's a box and it run a half the time they'll put it near the actual like their apartment building and then it's just a cord that just runs on the ground yeah and just runs it to their car and you just have to hope and it's like a you know, 10 20 foot 
cord. You just gotta hope someone just doesn't just let's take it off. Yeah, some asshole can literally just walk by and just pull it. Yeah. And uh, and Tesla is like probably like one of the biggest things because there there's there's other electric cars out there. Um, I'm forgetting which one. I think it's the Nissan 400Z. Cause I'm, I'm I'm big I'm big on Nissans. The, I don't think the, the 400Z is. Electric. I I think it I think it is. I saw it when I went to Andrew's car show not too long ago. But um, maybe I want to say it was supposed to be electric or it is electric. One of those. Um, no, it's definitely not electric. No. It's a twin turbo. No, it's got. A oh, I think it was. I think it was a concept then. But um, maybe a concept. Yeah. Because I think that's what they were trying to shoot for, and I think people shot it down immediately. There's the there's the hundred Z. I do like the like the the older ones. I'm I'm more into like the older cars than I am. The three fifty and three seventy Z. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, those yeah. are great drifting cars. Yeah. Those are like those and then the the thirty fives and the thirty sevens. Mm -hmm. They're pretty good too. I mean, they're the same. They're, they're the same body. How big of a car person are you? I wouldn't say too big, but I, like I have my favorite cars, and so like I I don't know nothing about cars, but like I can tell you what favorite cars I like. Yeah, I have no real mechanical knowledge of cars, but I do love cars. Yeah. I know the super basics, you know, like kind of like oh, I I remember watch videos on what an actual like the function of a car engine does, and I'm just like oh this is just it's like a giant air compressor. Yeah, pretty That's much. I think about it. But um, what are some of your favorite cars? Uh, so the three fifty Z, the the seventy Z. Um, I've always said those are going to be like my starter cars and then my dream car. You know, like when you're older, you have like a project car that's an older car. Mm -hmm. I want a Pontiac Firebird Ooh, with the, with the Firebird on it. Um, I've always wanted a, a Lancer too, like an Evo Lancer, just so I can like, that's like one of my like project cars too, you know, and then I want uh, a Golf GTI too. Golf, oh, nice. You gotta be careful though with Volkswagen. Did you hear, um, they're getting, they're getting sued? No, I didn't actually. Okay, so check this out. It was this, um, let me read the actual thing. It was from Now News, or This News, or whatever it's called. Um, I just saw it, I was like, no freaking way this is actually real. Uh, let me see. Make sure I remember, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty expensive. Well, they're not that expensive either, but um, I heard the maintenance on it's kind of like. Yeah, it depends, especially when couple years ago, Dieselgate, and I think so, this is what it is. Volkswagen is facing a lawsuit from the parents of an Illinois toddler who was in the back seat of his mother's car when the car was stolen by, hijack by carjackers. Mm -hmm. um, the lawsuit alleges that after being contacted by authorities, Volkswagen refused to disclose the location of the parent's missing child and the vehicle until $150 was paid for the company's connectivity service. Um, according to attorney Gerald Beckerman, I think this case and the facts are just an egregious example of corporate greed putting profits over people. Volkswagen responded to the incident by giving out a complimentary five-year subscription to the service on certain models. However, per CBS Chicago, the company has not reached out to the impacted family as of the post. Uh, the company also stated that while it does have a procedure for emergency requests like this, Quote, unfortunately, in this instance, there was a serious breach of the process. Two-year-old Isaiah was not harmed in the incident. However, his mother, Taylor, sustained serious injuries that required ongoing attention. So if you don't pay Volkswagen, they won't keep your kid from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's wild. Can you imagine that? Like, like no. <laughs> your car gets carjacked, and then they're like, oh, we know your car. They, you know, oh, cool. Where's my kid? My kid is in the car. Oh, we ain't telling him until he pays $150. That's wild. I actually did not hear about that. <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday. It was yesterday, and that post was from like a day ago, so technically like two days ago. Yeah, and who knows how long my day that kid's been missing for. <laughs> mm, so luckily the kid's fine, but can you imagine but that? But still, like, your kid's over here at... <laughs> <laughs> Volkswagen, they have them in a buggy. <laughs> Once you would get your kid back, when you pay it back, they're fine. That's that a so terrible funny. German accent. <laughs> but that's, that's actually really crazy. Um, but it's crazy how people have, like, higher companies have the ability to do it. That's the one thing about electric cars. I, I, I don't know. A lot of people love electric cars. I think they're cool, but they're... There's its up and downs about it. The technology part of it scares me because it technically you can just unlock features that are just software updates. But that's all like like Tesla when you, you know it's like five or ten thousand dollars for their autopilot feature. I'm like, you literally just it's software. That's all it is. You can pretty much go into it and mess around with it if you really mm -hmm. want to. Um, I think Ford. I, I don't know if it was Ford, but it was a I think it was one of those companies that they were gonna I think it was in the twenty thirties or whatever when they're gonna go all electric. I think there is a feature put in there where if you don't um, pay like for one month of your car um, bill, it'll go into like an uncomfort mode, so like it won't have the AC going, and it'll cause you to be like uncomfortable. Yeah. And then second month, if you um, don't pay it, then apparently it somehow like the GPS it knows when you're driving to and from work and all that stuff, yeah. and so then it'll only have it where you can drive to and from work. Wow. And then if you go three months without paying it, apparently the car will drive itself to an undisclosed location for it to be towed. That's crazy, because like honestly I was thinking about that. Like imagine one day like your electric car is like, oh you're not paying it, it's gonna repo itself. It, <laughs> it's gonna repo itself. We don't need somebody to come and get it. So I don't know if it was Ford, but I know it's like one of those auto companies that they I don't know if like they're gonna for sure do it or if they're exploring with that idea, but can you imagine that actually like was a thing? Or if that does happen, that that would be insane. You oh, don't pay your car, it'll just roll away. Yeah, honestly, I feel like one of the other people, like if a lot of people found out that I'm pretty sure they wouldn't buy it and they would lose money. That's true. But so, you know, some people will buy it. But, but, but like I said, any like, iPhone's a really good example of this. I have an iPhone 13, right? I've, I just changed to an iPhone like two years ago. Ooh. I got it when the 13 came out. The only reason I got it was because the whole family has it, and I was like, it's hard to communicate because Apple has a restriction of, like, when you're communicating with Android, they have an old text messaging system that doesn't allow you to get the iMessage, which that, I think Android's been fighting for the right to abolish that, but it's just, I don't think it's ever going to fall through, just because Apple, Apple. Apple has the upper hand and everything, but also I feel like they shouldn't release a new phone every year. It's literally the same thing, bigger screen, an added camera, different colors. I was like, I was debating about trading in my phone because it's already that time. We were like, oh, you can trade it in already. But I was like, for the same stuff and a different color, it's bigger. New, new charger. Yeah, and it sucks because every time a new one comes out, the last generation that they have starts to die out mm -hmm. because of the, the software. They do it on purpose so they can make you upgrade. And it's crazy. I remember. Because I know, I think they had a lawsuit on that too. Yeah, it was like 2016, 2017. 
And I remember when that happened too. It's just it was a very very dirty move by Apple. Yeah. You know, all they had to do was make a press release saying that hey, this is what we're gonna do for older phones. We're gonna slow down the CPU. So yeah, because they need the software. Need it for the new stuff, which makes sense. The battery. But they didn't tell anyone. That's why it's like oh, that's hella shady. And then, like you were saying about their their cables too with the fifteen, how they started to like a lot of people were like, oh, it's it's starting to catch on fire. It's because it's like, oh, it's because you weren't using our cables. I was like, well, you never told anybody not to use not your cables. You know, everybody's going to go to the alternative route. Mm-hmm. When I first got this one, since I didn't have an iPhone, what do you think they did? Because when the 13 came out, that's when they started introducing the, what was it, the fast chargers? So the 20-watt uh, box. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you don't have it. It comes with the cable, but it doesn't come with the, 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 the charging box. They charged me like 20 bucks, and I could have got it online for cheaper. I would have just got it online, but I was there in the moment, so how am I going to tell them no? Because... I'm gonna need it anyway because I don't have a charger for it. It's not like I'm gonna run to the store. I just spent like 99 bucks just to activate it and stuff like that. Then go spend like another 20 bucks at the store real quick, you know? I know. And soon, in like 10, 20 years from now, that you know, it's like when the iPhone 35 comes out, it's like, hey, you have to get the box, but you gotta pay extra to get the actual phone. <laughs> That's how. Crazy. And it sucks because they used to like you used to get a headphone headphone every time, and mm-hmm. now you just like, hey, and now you got the 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 AirPods and stuff like that. I was like, wow. The OG, How times have changed. The original iPhone, I remember watching a video of an unboxing, and in that box, literally, you would get the headphones, you would get a microfiber cleaning cloth, yeah. you had the docking station to put the phone on, and it was just, you had like the manuals, you had like the giant Apple stickers, and it was just such a cooler unboxing experience. But now it's just like, oh, you get the phone, you get a couple stickers, and you get a charger. That's it. It's funny because, like, unboxings like that now, it's like, they got to unbox the phone, but they're like, now we got to unbox the accessories that they didn't come with. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty funny because they're like, oh, this one doesn't come with this. But now if you get this one and then they add an ad or, like, a promo for it, they could, like, oh, you can buy it here because it's cheaper and stuff like that. It's it's really funny on how things, like, change so much. Because I think even Samsung used to, I think they still give their docks and everything in, within the box, too. Uh, I'm not sure about Samsung, um, what they still, what accessories they include in their phones. Yeah. But I definitely would say, yeah, for sure, Samsung is like the biggest competitor for Apple. I'd say if it wasn't for Apple, Samsung would be like the main. Oh, yeah, it would be the main thing and everybody would have it. I mean, don't get me wrong, Samsung has some really cool phones. I mean... Not even just Samsung, like any Android, they have like really cool phones. Like now they have one that flips open. Like who would like? We went from flip phones that like you used to like turn it over and flip it and it would turn into a keyboard. That was cool back in the days. Mm-hmm. I used to have one of those. Little kick flip phone. But now you have one that you're like, I want to see more. And you open it and it's a whole book now. And it's like wow, when's when's Apple gonna do something like that? And I highly doubt Apple would ever do something like that. I also, like, now they have, like, their own version of the, I think it's a Motorola, too. It's a, their own version of a flip phone mm-hmm. where you just flip it open. And, yeah, like it's like, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool, too. You know, you can stand it up however you want. I was like, wow, that's really cool, you know? I don't see things like that. Like, Apple doesn't want to change their thing because they know people are still going to buy it. If they change it, I feel like also if they changed it, a lot of people would still buy it anyway, like you said. Like, oh, they just added this feature. I was like, well, you know, Android's always had that feature. You're like, but it's Android. There's nothing wrong with it. You just have a preference, and that's okay you have a preference. But some people just really enjoy it. The only reason I enjoyed having an Android was because I used to mess around with it. That was the whole point of an Android, so you can learn how to mess around with it. You were able to learn coding just by having the phone like that. You can learn how to work a phone. You can learn how to work an app. 
with this, you can't even jailbreak it no more. You jailbreak it, and it's like it's against your warranty. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like there's uh, I, I like to say that there's a spectrum for a lot of things. So, like, when it comes to people's hobbies and interests, there's always that spectrum of people that are just general users and the people that are enthusiasts of it. Yeah. You know, and just, like, how... I think for most people that use phones, they don't care what the features are of the phone. They just, like, is it easy to use and can I find apps easy? Yeah. You know, and for most people, I would say it's kind of, like, that's where Apple perfected the simplicity of it. Yeah, you know, very Three-year-olds, older people can use iPhones, considering, like, those people never had any type of technology growing up. And then, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this is simple. I can just do a basic phone. And then you have, like, the phone enthusiast. That'd be more Android. Because for me, I I grew up with Android phones, yeah. and then I transitioned to Apple. And I have a love-hate relationship with Apple. I do, too. You yeah. know, I use a lot of their products, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I see the bullshit behind a lot of their promotions and the marketing. Because I'm like, eh, you can do better. Out of, like, the whole Apple line, if I got anything, it would probably be a Mac. That's the one product I would definitely one hundred percent recommend. It would be a MacBook or a Mac, like the like the actual desktop. Like, I would get a Mac. I would get a MacBook over an iMac or any computer Mac. Only reason why is because when they switch to silicone mm-hmm. or silicon, with all of those, it really is just like the same processor but just wearing a different outfit. Yeah, and so that's, <laughs> that's how like, most of it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just get the laptop and then connect it to an external display. And then just do, and then bring the laptop when you're on the go and everything. I love laptops. Yeah, though I mean the only thing that because they're they're very good for like performance and stuff like that. Why do you think a lot of artists have it? Because it's really good with just mm-hmm. the base that they have. And then when they buy like certain things for it, it works very very well. And I, like I said, I, I enjoy the iMac. I don't have one. I have a Surface Pro Seven, and I was gonna use that for art, but I just found out that like uh, online art was just not for me. That's what I wanted it for, but then eventually I started using it for my recordings and stuff. I was like, oh, it works like that too. Um, but with the iMac, I think, like you said, everything's just simplistic. Everything's in your face, and you can find everything a lot faster. With the like anything Windows, it's kind of hard to navigate it unless if you know what you're doing. So that's why with my PC, I have everything simplistic. I don't have nothing on my desktop. If I want to find something, I'll just search it up. Because I don't want to deal with, oh, it's going to be right here. Yeah. And it makes my, my setup look less, like, uh, cluttered. You know, Linux people in the background just cry. <laughs> Linux is the best. <laughs> no one uses Linux, so yeah. let's be honest. Just, I also, yeah. the one thing that I don't like using either is Google. I feel like, Google, like using Google I feel like Google has a lot of restrictions. Like the Google app. Like Google in general, like anything. Because I found out recently, because I was like, I don't have... Uh, any emails with a Google, I just prefer Outlook just because I feel like everything's a lot more more condensed and everything like that. I feel like everything we technically everything is the same with every email, but they all have their like perks and stuff. But I feel like Google has a little bit more security than anything else. And it's like, oh you can't get into this without doing this first and stuff. Like I really appreciate that. But also it gets tedious at some time because it's like oh, I'm just trying to log in, you know? And it's like, hey, you just logged in from this location. Is this you? I was like, yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. You have to have like five devices next to you at all times just to have that five-step authentication process go in. <laughs> and I really do appreciate it, but then sometimes it's just like, good. is it really that necessary? Like, I just want something. So honestly, I just use Firefox, if anything. Okay. I like Firefox. Firefox is pretty simplistic. There's not much. There's not a lot of pop-ups. I feel like Google like pops up everything, and then you have like... Google Photos, now you got Google this, Google that, Google this, Google that. Like, you have the same thing with Microsoft, but it doesn't say Microsoft this, Microsoft that, you know, it's just not, I don't know. I just prefer 
I just prefer it over anything else. It's not like an old person who say, I prefer Firefox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every teacher just uses Firefox. Yeah, because it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's simple. They don't want to deal with it. Like, I've seen a lot of professors use Google Chrome, and they're like, this is not it. Yeah, I hate Google. I don't why like why do you think they use Chrome? That a lot of schools use Chromebooks? Because they can monitor them. I use Safari. I use Safari most often. Cause I yeah, Safari is pretty good. Safari is pretty good too. And so I, yeah, I don't use Google Chrome. Also, too, it just—it's very slow. Yeah, I think the only thing that all of us can agree on that we do not use is Microsoft Edge. <laughs> yeah, no one uses Edge. <laughs> like, Even I saw a video of Bill Gates. He's giving an interview, and they were like, "What do you use? An iPhone or Android? What phone do you use?" And he's like, "Oh, I use an Android. I use like a Samsung or whatever." And he said, "Oh, I use Microsoft Edge to go on the web and all this stuff." And everyone's like, "Oh, no, you don't." See, if I was if if I had an Android, I would use Google because it makes sense because it works with everything. Mm -hmm. But if you're working with this, then you would like work with Safari because Safari is pretty solid. Safari, I don't know. It's just it's it just works. It's condensed. <laughs> it's better. Yeah, but that's why I don't like Apple sometimes because then it's like I watched the video. But do you know uh, MKBHD? No, Marcus Brownlee. Oh, he's this tech reviewer that I think if I I love technology and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so, um, and he's like the biggest tech reviewer. I've watched uh, all different types, but he's generally like the one everyone tends to go to. Really, really um, smart guy, good creator, like homegrown YouTube channel, like deserves everything that he has. Yeah. And um, he has two uh, phones, and usually one of them's always an iPhone, the other one's an Android of some type. Yeah. You know, and he, it's very interesting. I feel like he's personally more of an Android person when it comes to software, but he likes the iPhone cameras. Yeah, but the he, iPhone cameras are pretty solid. I've seen mm -hmm. like all the pictures that you can take with it. That's probably like one of the main reasons why I really wanted like newer iPhones, just because of the camera. And you know, I like taking pictures and stuff like that. Like I have a camera myself, but I don't want to take my camera to every occasion. You know, I don't want to go to an amusement park and be like, let me take my camera, because it's like, I want to get on rides too, you know? Exactly. It's like, I don't want it to be like, oh, hold up, let me just grab my, Cause I have a little carrying bag for my thing, and it looks like a little like a little pack like that. So I was like, oh, it has everything I need in it. I have like two cameras in it, cause I have a dis uh, not a disposable, a reusable um, film camera, and then I have my actual camera camera. So it's like, do I really want to take like if I'm going to a zoo, then that's a different story, cause I think the zoo is perfect to take pictures. But if you're going to like an amusement park, you're going ice skating, you're going to the movies, you know, you're not gonna take your camera. Right. You so that take your phone. You can take pictures. Of the camera make my uncle surprised me. My uncle loves taking pictures, and when he found out I have a camera, I was like, do you want to borrow it? He was like, yeah. And he was taking pictures. He's like, you just got to know how to take pictures. He was like, you see this picture I have on my phone? It's, it's just a round picture. <laughs> he's like, you see this picture I have on my phone? He's like, I take it myself. I was like, how? He's like, I really, I learned how to use the iPhone camera. I was like, wow. And they look like professionally done pictures. And he was like, he took the picture. He was like, he was taking a picture of his daughter, and he was like, I took it from down here, but it looks like he took it like right here. Hmm. I was like, how'd you do that? He's like, you just gotta get the right lighting, the right this, the right that, do this ISO and stuff like that. I still don't even know any of that. And my uncle's a little bit open to me. I'm not saying that he's old, old, but like he's already hitting his 40s. And I was like, damn, uncle, you, you're popping off with your phone. And he has one of the newest ones. I was like, your photography is really good. I was like, why don't they buy you a camera? He's like, they bought me a GoPro. I was like, it's more for recording and taking pictures. He's like, that's what I told them, but they automatically thought that. A GoPro is, you know, I was like, a GoPro is, you, you, you go places. Right. To very athletics, like events, like snowboarding or something like and he, that. And he's very into cars and stuff like that. He goes to car meets. But 
it's not something I would want to take a GoPro to because it's not like I'm driving a car. It's like I need to put the car on, like the camera on my hat, and the next thing you know, it's like I'm driving. No, he's there to watch it, so I'm pretty sure he would want to take pictures on his phone and not a GoPro because having a GoPro like this is just, you know, very awkward. See, that camera does really good. That I yeah. mainly use that for video recording, but it does take photos too. But what's pretty cool is that it's uh, the mirrorless lenses and all that stuff. So I can just change out the lenses and everything. Yeah, dude, the mirror, the mirrorless cameras nowadays are amazing. Like from this one that you have and the one that I have, my friend, I want to say he has the same one as you, so I've used it before. Um, but mine, I, I love it too. The mirrorless feature on it is just amazing because it's like you can get a digital perspective of it and you can see how well it can take the picture. Because mm -hmm. with the, with like the, what is it, the DLSR cameras, like you can take it and you'd be like, oh, I probably gotta retake it. For the way I take my pictures, I don't look through the lens. I use the side. Use the, uh, the mirror piece, nice. Yeah, I use the mirror piece because it's like, I just have it, like I can take it from any angle that I want to. If I really want to take a good picture, then I would do it. But I'll use the side panel, like I'll have it like this. And I'll look at it like this, and I'll have it tilted, and I'll have a camera like this, and I'll take the picture like that. Okay. Because I was like, you can see, like, the raw footage from it, so it's, like, a lot easier. And then, like, for taking selfies and stuff like that, I have selfies with people. Because, one, I have a selfie stick, so I can put the... Well, it's a tripod that you can turn into a selfie stick, but it's also a stand where you can, like, level it however high you want. Okay. But it's cool, because then I can flip it like that. Like, let's say if I wanted to take a picture with you, and I go like that, you can see it, too. How amazing is that? You can't do that with a DL. Well, I mean, some of them, they do have like the interchangeable thing, but I think it's most likely the, the mirrorless cameras that have that feature. Yeah, I like DSLRs. Um, I would say Canon would be the company I would probably go with, the cameras yeah. I'd be going with. But it's, I'm, I'm not a huge photographer. Like, so I'm more into like, videography and stuff yeah. like that. But if I want to take a quick photo and all that stuff, I'll take my photos. Yeah. But um, I think photography is really yeah definitely if people can get into it too like it's like if you see people's pictures they're just amazing and so many stories get told just through photos so yep. i think it it's really crazy thing like how photos and history can really kind of just coincide with each other you know and there's just a lot of that can really send out a message you know whether it's in times of peace times of war and just that can literally protest. capture a whole story and you can be like you see this picture right here you can tell a thousand words just off of that picture i think they say one of like the most famous photos to like, ever taken is from voyager one when it left our solar system and it was like billions of or millions of miles away from earth and it took this photo of us let me see if i could just um, and then Earth photo. Let me show you. It's like one of the. It says it's one of the most famous photos. And so in there, you just see a speck yeah. in that ray of light, and and then it's just that's us. You know, and this isn't. It's kind of crazy to think like. Even though like that's a moment of like space exploration, it's like wow, all the history you know is just in that one little photo. Yeah, and that one little dot with us. But um, no, I love photography and then definitely the messages it can kind of bring. And what's or what are some? Do you have any like favorite like picture moments or anything like that? Or I don't know. So the one thing I regretted in life was that I was never. Not that I was against like being on the phone when I'm around people, but I hate. I don't like being on the phone when I'm around people. 
people. So like if I'm like, let's say if me and you are hanging out, I'll have my phone like, I have it like this because I don't want to see the notifications. I have Apple Watch too, but it's like, you know, it's not as rude of me going like, while we're talking, you know? Like I could look at my watch and it's just like, oh, I'm looking at my watch, you know? True. Um, but I never liked taking pictures or anything. It's like, I would rather live in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of pictures with my dad like recently like the last pictures that I probably had with him was probably with was like my orientation and my orientation happened like what four years ago I was like I never had like that like pictures with my dad recently it's like I had pictures of my dad but I don't have pictures with my dad and I was like right. wow I never got to capture those moments with my dad because I would rather live in the moment and my friend Brooke she really like implemented that message to me because she was like I take pictures everywhere I go She's like, she goes hiking, she goes to like different places and she'll take pictures of her, she'll take pictures of like, every, she's a nature girl, so she likes taking pictures of everything. Um, so she started taking me places and she was like, can I take pictures on your phone? Cause I had 13 and she still had like an older one. She was like, yeah. So she would take pictures on my phone. I would just start looking at them and then I, that's when I was like, oh, camera. I want to take pictures of everything. So anywhere I have an opportunity to go, I'll take my camera. Even if it's just like, oh, we're gonna go to the mall. I'm gonna take my camera. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing if you want to live kind of in the moment. You don't want to have like your phone with you or taking yeah. pictures of everything. And I can I can understand both sides because there's one aspect to it where you think, do you really need to document every single thing that you're doing? Because for example, going to concerts, you know, you like you like going to concerts, but and so when you go there, now you just see everyone just on their phone just yeah. recording, you know. And I think and there's so many artists too where they're starting to have policies where. You know, hey, put your phones away, especially comedians. Yeah. They're especially heavy on that policy. And um, some people don't like that because they just want to record everything and be able to live in the moment. And it's crazy because you look at the camera roll and it's like, did you pretty much document the whole concert? Like, did you even enjoy yourself? You're like, yeah, look, I enjoyed myself. It's like, I don't see you enjoying yourself. I see you recording the whole the whole concert. It's like, what's going on here? Like, but if you want to do that, and I think it's like, you, yeah, probably take it in moderations, you know, don't take the whole, like, the whole concert. Your phone is dead by that, by the second hour of you being there. Mm-hmm, and the main act hasn't even come in yet. No. <laughs> it's like, you have, like, just the beginning act right there. Oh, my gosh. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that, that people, like, pretty much they'll, like, if they see anything happening, the first thing they do is, like, there's an accident happening. An accident happened on the free. What's the first thing that people are going to do? Start recording it, like. There's a fight happening outside, flip out the phone. When, did you not like, like what if somebody's dying, you're over here recording it? Flip out the phone. <laughs> it's like, why aren't you calling somebody? Like, I did. But you're still recording it. You know, that's that's disrespectful. Like, if somebody, like, if you recorded a video of somebody getting, like, jumped and they eventually document it, like, oh, I have video footage of it. Good that you have video footage for it, because then you can use it as, like, you know, here's the evidence of this person, but then people, it's all over the internet now. So, like, tell me it's not disrespectful that you have it online, that everybody saw it. Only one person needed to see it. The next thing you know, the whole the whole city goes. I think a lot of people are just we're in that age where we kind of just record everything, and so it does feel like it, where I can understand like that side of the conversation where it feels like there's a disconnect because we're always on our phones recording something and it doesn't feel real because you're watching life through a screen. Yeah. But then there's that other side where you do want to document things that are happening and you don't want to forget those memories, and so I I don't think it's something that you should regret but don't get mad at yourself for knowing because there's also a different chapter your life it's a different version yeah. of you and this is something that you're doing now that you'll continue to do for your life yeah
so that's the main reason why I got a camera because it's like honestly I like yeah it's like taking it on a phone but like if you want to capture it a little bit better and that's honestly I like picking up random hobbies every now and then I picked up like different medias of uh, art so it's like it for me photography is another piece of art that I just picked up I love filmmaking and um, being able to just kind of make films and stuff like that so kind of like doing this podcast and all that and that's kind of like a little way of being able to kind of still do that and kind of get like this outlet and stuff yeah. Um, but I know you love, I know you talk about um, your dad, so tell me more about your dad. So, my dad was very religious at one point. Um, before that, he was very uh, hard into like, uh, like heavy gangster rap music, so like, we're talking about Dr. Dre, Eminem, Exhibit, Ice Cube, um, just everybody in Def Jam Records at the time, all those different record labels, so I grew up with all that, I grew up swearing, I grew up with vulgar language. I grew up playing Grand Theft Auto. All the games that I played was because my dad. My dad was a gamer. My dad had a PS2. My dad had a PS1. We've had every almost game console you can think of, so it makes sense on why I'm still like heavy into games. Even my dad still played games to this day. My dad, the last game that he probably played was probably... I have an arcade machine at my house because I built it myself. Like an old school arcade mm -hmm. style? Okay. Yeah. And that's probably like one of the last games he probably played because I was like, Dad, look what I built because it's like, you get to play anything. He was like, yeah, Contra. I was like, yeah, I got Contra. He was like, you got, um, what is it? King of, no, no, no. I'm trying to remember what it is. It's a side scroll, but he liked it a lot because it was like, Double Dragon. Okay. Double Dragon. And then like all the, the Metal Slug games and all that. So he loved it. My dad was a big movie person too, so that's another reason why I like movies. I'm into like the movies that I am into because like you know Marvel, all the action movies. My dad, all my dad. I blame my dad for that. The cartoons I grew up watching were all the cartoons my dad watched: Transformers, He-Man, She-Ra. Um, he used to watch all that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I got influenced by my mom too, but my dad's the one who inspired. Sub with my dad all the time. He's the reason why I'm a Dodgers fan today because my dad was a Dodgers fan. I feel like you definitely get influenced by whatever your parents, you know. Hundred percent. So Dodger fan, WWE fan, all my dad. You know, uh, I definitely adopted my own things because eventually, like you grew up and you're like, I kind of wanted to like do my own thing, which is cool. But then you still have that um, that piece from like, when you were younger. So my dad was a, eventually he turned Christian and he dropped a lot of that stuff and. You know, he was very religious and I respected it. I became religious because of my dad. You know, like I said, I wanted to be like my dad. My dad used to do um, sermons and he used to preach and stuff like that too. So I was like, oh, that's very cool. So people used to think that I wanted to be a preacher and stuff like that. I was like, maybe not into preaching, but like, look, I do a podcast now. So I guess you can kind of say it's like kind of motivation. You're preaching too. to the void. Yeah. <laughs> I'm preaching in some type of way, you know. Um... But I've always done everything for my dad, like even if like he's not here. I was like, the only reason I'm still in school is because of my dad. My dad's the one who pretty much helped me out even through tough times. He was like, I know we don't got money, but we're gonna figure it out. Figured it out, it's long. Even like without him being here, I'm always like, it's for my dad. My, my graduation, my goal is to graduate, not because of me, but for my dad. He was my biggest supporter. He always said he got a Kia Soul, and he was like, I'm not putting nothing on my car because it's like one of the first cars that like I, finish paying off and stuff like that. He was like, I don't want to put nothing on it. He had a D, like when we first moved out moved out here, they were doing like the decals and like the license plate and stuff mm -hmm. like that. He was like, yeah, put a decal on my thing. Oh, put put the license plate on my thing. And then eventually he was like, can I get like clothes and stuff? I was like, yeah. I bought him a hat from Walmart. They didn't even sell the hats, that the, the hat that I have, that's the only thing I took back with me was that hat that I bought him because I was like, it's going to be my hat now. Um, so I bought that hat 
and I gave it to him. He's like, this is a really cool hat. And I gave it to him for Christmas one year. And he was like, wow, that's really, he used to wear the hat all the time. So uh, like I said, my dad was a big influence on me. So I pretty much still do everything through my dad and everything like that. During this time, my dad was a very big Christmas person. So um, I don't really, like, when I'm here by myself, I don't really do much. Because it's like, if it's just me, there's not a point for me to do much. Because it's like, what do you mean? Like, for example, like decorating for Christmas. Okay. I've never had a Christmas tree for like two years. This is the first year I bought a Christmas tree. And it was like, I mainly did it because of my dad. I bought it because my dad used to like Christmas. My dad loved Snoopy and like the peanuts and stuff like that. I was like, I can see why he liked it. It's very comforting, you know? And they have Snoopy for everything. It's like you watch Snoopy for like any holiday you want because they have a holiday special for everything. Um, so I decorated for my dad, you know? My dad loved setting up the Christmas tree, loved going to like, oh, let's go like look at the Christmas lights, oh, let's go here. My dad also loved going to like museums and stuff like that. And that's one of the things I like doing too, like I love going out. My dad was the also the type of person who was like, oh, we're done eating, let's go walk somewhere. So we'll <laughs> probably go walk anywhere. So I got used to doing that too, like after I was done eating, I'll go take a walk. Just because of my dad. Um, but yeah, I feel like mostly everything that I've done was because, you know, I got influenced by my dad. Eventually, I started learning that. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror, I was like, damn, I look like my dad. Because I look like my dad. Of course, my, my dad was bald, so he, every time he would see me, he was like, I'm kind of jealous that you have a full set of hair that's curly and wavy and stuff like that. <laughs> so he used to tell me that all the time. Um, but yeah, I started noticing like there's bits and pieces that I see of my dad in me, and it was just like it's kind of scary. It's weird seeing like you're you're pretty much hitting at you're like you know where you grew up, and it's it's crazy. You slowly transition into becoming your parents. Yeah, and it's weird because one of the best examples I can do of this was uh, the way I started dressing. Like I said, I don't like wearing sweatpants and stuff like that. But when I start, like, you know, it's getting cold. I'm gonna wear sweatpants. It's, it's cold in my house. I don't wanna be, like, in shorts and, like, freezing. So I put on sweatpants and I'll put on a hoodie and I'll wear a hat. Looks exactly like my dad. <laughs> Another thing, I I don't like wearing corduroy. I don't know what was my issue with corduroy. My dad used to wear corduroy all the time and I did not like it. Why do I need to Google what a corduroy looks like? It's just the type of material that it's like, um, they look like little, like, look up corduroy pants. It's like texture pants. It's a textured thing. I wish I had my other hat. My other hat is corduroy. Um, corduroy pants. I guess I didn't like them because of the texture of it. Because it's like normal pants that's just like layered with like little lining mm -hmm. that's like popped out a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Material. My dad used to um, wear it all the time. I never liked it. And then recently I just found out I was like, uh, corduroy's not that bad. <laughs> So I started buying a lot of corduroy stuff too. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's a weird design. Yeah. It's very popular. I mean, you can style it however you want. You know, I'm very big into style, so I'll take any chance. I love any pants that is just like random. I'll buy pants that look nice. I have a pants that has like different patches of different colored jeans on it. Really? So it's like a dark blue, a light blue, and like a washed blue. <laughs> so it's just like stuff like that. Are you big into fashion or have you always been very fashionable or? I feel like I barely found out like maybe a year or two ago that I was into like dressing up. Because like I said, I'll wear anything. 
I'm wearing overalls right now. Now I feel like you don't see a lot of guys. You rock the fuck out of your overalls, though. I feel like not a lot of people, like a lot of guys, they don't like wearing overalls because they have the stereotype that like, oh, overalls are for girls. You can style it however you want. I think when you wear overalls, you just look more like a blue collar worker, like a construction yeah. worker, Bob the Builder. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned how to style myself in different ways and shapes and forms. Sometimes I like dressing like really Mexican, where I'll wear like a Guayabera, which is like just a normal, like, it's a normal flowy shirt that's a button up, but it has like ruffles right here, and okay. it's like a nice design. So I'll wear that sometimes, or if I want to look more on like the Puerto Rican and Cuban side, I'm not really Cuban, but like the style of Puerto Rican sometimes leans to the Cuban style. Um, I'll wear a fedora and like a nice, uh, they're called knitted polos. I don't like polos, but if it's like a button up polo, I'm okay with it. But like polos, polos, not for me. I'm just, okay. that's not my style. But I love wearing sweaters. I have so many sweaters. This is a sweater and I'm wearing it as just like a shirt. I think um, being able to kind of just throw pieces together like that and be able to find what makes works good yeah. for you. It's definitely, everyone's style is unique and to their own. You know, no two person's style is the same. And even then, it's like, why should you want to strive for someone else's style? Maybe take inspiration from it, but tailor to yourself. Yeah, my friend Celeste that I used to work with all the time, she's the one who I actually, she dressed up all the time. And I love her dress style. So every time I was like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think? I'll send it to her first. And I'll be like, what do you think about this? She's like, do you think it'd be cute? Do you think it'd be not? So we'll talk about it all the time. She'll, she'll go thrifting and she'll like turn something into like something brand new. Me, when I go to thrift stores, I never, I don't have luck with thrift stores. Oh, uh, like just like finding good clothing? Can't find sizing, can't find things I like. I know some people are like, oh, I can get like the oversized stuff and like you make it smaller. Yeah, that's not my thing because that, that, that's like a whole different category. You know, you would have to learn how to alter clothes and stuff. And it's like, eh. You can find a tailor. Yeah, but I'd rather just, you know, if I'm able to just put it on and call it a day, I don't True. have to deal with it, you know? Oh, I mean, that's everybody. Do you know how many times I've tried to find a piece of clothing that didn't fit? And I'm like, God dang it. Yeah. I need to find something that how to make it fit right. I remember the first time I found a tailor and he tailored a shirt right and everything. I'm like, whoa, this feels really good. Yeah. And so I love tailors. Um, you know, some of them are a bit pricey, but you know, I think. Well, I mean, I mean, you got to keep in mind that it's their time that they charge you for, not even for the altercations. It's the time that they take because that's precision. And I respect it. I respect it because that's. Not everybody knows how to do it. Not everybody has the time and the patience to do it. Exactly. I think most handcrafted um, uh, methods of making things will definitely continue to be here as long as you know we continue to be more digitized as a society. But those methods are going to continue to get more and more expensive because yeah. they'll be more specialized. But um, actually, I'm kind of curious. You were talking more about you know the, your different styles. You say you, you know, Daisy want to look more like. Mexican or Yeah, Puerto Rican. How big? I I know LA is huge when it comes to you know Mexican culture and stuff. And what what is I guess that kind of that culture like from LA? Honestly, I feel like there's a lot of people that are from Mexico, so you got like a lot of stores that are very oriented for that, and it, it makes you feel like like you're at home. I personally never been to Mexico like that, so I I can't really say for sure. I've never been in Puerto Rico like that either, so I can't even say for sure for that. But it's interesting on how they you can go to a certain spot and it's like, oh yeah, this is like authentic from Mexico. Do you speak Spanish? I'm not fluent, but I understand it. Okay, so you can get around. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's my one shortcoming is I don't speak Spanish. I wish I knew I speak Spanish. I, I slowly, 
<laughs> try to like pick up some words and stuff like that. But I think a key thing is when like you're like three, four, five years old, that's like the perfect time. Yeah, so my sisters were always with my grandparents. So they were exposed to it a lot and I just never liked being with my grandparents. Like I said, I've always liked being with my dad, so I was always with my dad. Not saying that he never taught me Spanish, but like we're speaking English household. Like they spoke Spanish all the time, but like, you know, I was exposed to English, I was taught English, so that's the number one thing that we always talk about. Was your your parents were both bilingual? Yeah. Okay. So did they not did they not want to teach you or did they ask if they, you guys wanted to learn Spanish or they, they would teach us, it's just, for me, I just never processed, it. I processed okay. it as well as my sisters did. So do your siblings, are they more fluent in Spanish? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. 100%. I think it's only me and my brother that are not that fluent because we weren't exposed to like staying with my grandparents, whereas my grandparents were always Spanish-speaking. They don't, they don't know how to speak English. Right. I mean, they could try, but like, they're, you know, that's their first language, they're not going to change it up if they don't need to. So with them growing up with them, that's how they learned how to speak because they had to communicate with my grandparents. And like I said, I never wanted to stay with my grandparents. I always wanted to stay with my dad. So that's the only reason. It kind of sucks that I didn't catch on to Spanish. I could speak it. I'm not fluent in it. That's the only thing. I wish I was fluent in it because it would help out a lot. And some jobs you can get extra pay just by speaking Spanish. Mm -hmm. So, but like for you, if you were to talk with your grandparents, would you kind of you would be able to kind of like have a decent conversation, be able to understand yeah. what they say, even if it's a little bit of a language barrier. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I know um, a lot of families, they kind of do work like that, you know, where the, the grandchild will speak English, and then the grandparent um, will speak usually the native language, the mother tongue, but they both can still understand each other, but they don't speak that, each other's language. Yeah. And so, it's kind of, it's interesting to see how it goes, and I don't know what, I think, because um, there may be some people that might think like, oh, you know, because your parents spoke Spanish, you know, they should have just taught you in any way to speak, you know, both languages. Well, my parents worked all the time, too, so it's not like exactly. they could have sat down with me and been like, we're going to learn a Spanish lesson today. Because I feel like because there's some people, too, that feel like they either want to learn another language or they feel like you don't, you might, you may not be seen as Mexican. Because for me, my thing is, I get, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I they'll talk to me and be like, you don't speak Spanish? So they'll be like, oh, you're not a real Mexican. Yeah, no, I'm being free you've had that BS before. Oh yeah, all the time. Or they'd just be like, that, it's funny, because it's like, you're two different races. You're Mexican and Puerto Rican. You should be fluent. Like, well, you gotta remember, I wasn't born in those places. So the mm -hmm. people that were born there, they're gonna start speaking it because they were exposed to it. Also, oh, Mexican and Puerto Rican speak two different types of Spanish. Yeah, so I can pretty much change up my Spanish and then if I'm talking you into like a Puerto Rican type of, like Spaniard type of Spanish, it's way different and I might say something and you're going to be like, wait, no, that that's something completely different. I was like, well, mm -hmm. this is how I learned. Because there's like different ways to say like pin and there's different ways how to say like bus. In Puerto Rico and Mexico, they, they say two different things. In Mexico, we call the bus a wawa. We call it a what? A wawa. A wawa? Yeah. And you're just like, in Mexico, they probably call it an autobus or a bus. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, if I were to tell you what a wow wow was, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think like auto boost or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's two different things. And it's like, for me, I don't know which Spanish I would go for because it's like, I would kind of have to know a mixture of both anyway because I have Puerto Ricans and Mexicans on my side. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, would you feel then, I guess I have a question, would you feel pressure then to learn? 
Mexican-style Spanish and Puerto Rican-style Spanish if you were given that opportunity. As long as I speak at least one type of Spanish, I think I'll be <laughs> fine. I, it was like a kind of similar pass, you know? Yeah, because I think uh, my friends were telling me that Italian is pretty close to Spanish, too. So it's like when hmm. they went to their trip to, to Europe, they most of the time they were able to understand people because it's very pretty similar. It's like, yeah, there's differences, but you can understand it. So as long as I can do the same thing in Spanish. I feel like Mexican Spanish is probably like the best Spanish to learn because that's pretty much what everybody speaks. True. It's close. They're neighbors. Yeah, so it's not like I'm going to walk up to somebody and start speaking like Puerto Rican Spanish because, you know, then everybody's going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> better off doing that in Florida or speaking Cuban Spanish. Speaking yeah, Canada like Florida or New York. A lot of the Puerto Ricans go to New York and they go to um, just anything on the, on that state right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely a lot of people, yeah, there's, whenever I tell people I don't speak Spanish all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you're whitewashed, and it's just like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was born in America, not saying that I had to automatically speak American or just speak Spanish, but it's like I was born in America, I wasn't exposed to it as much. Exactly. You know, you grew up with, a, with an American system, school system, so it's like, yeah, they teach you Spanish, but their Spanish isn't, I feel like when it comes to Spanish in school, it gets you enough to like talk to other people, but it's not enough to make you fluent. No, definitely not. It'll start you off, but it's not going to complete you. No. I took three years of Spanish, and I'm not fluent. Exactly. You know, and, it, and it, you have to try it, but I think the problem too is when you're trying to learn a new language in high school, is just that the process of, it's a new class. You don't want to take that class, it's, especially if it doesn't sound interesting to you, and at the time, I was thinking, like, why do I have to learn another language to pass this high school class, you know? And at the time, I kind of thought it was, you know, like, it, I should take other classes instead of it should be more of an option. And I can see why it's good to take other language classes, but I think they should offer it when we're younger. And yeah. You can retain it better. Especially in high school, I feel, high school, just like grade school in general, they should let you choose what classes you want to take. Like, understand, do your cores, like your math, your English, your history. Right. But when it comes to like arts, I feel like you should be able to choose because some people are like, oh, if you're going to go into arts, you can actually go into art, you can go into music, you can go into orchestra, choir, you know, you have options there. Mm -hmm. But you don't have options for like, oh, language, you're automatically going to have to speak Spanish. Well, like, what if you want to speak German? What if you want to do Japanese, Korean, you know, some, something like that. They got to offer that, you know. And I feel like college does a very good think of doing that, but also I think it's very pointless that you have to take your GEs again. It's like, why am I retaking what I took like 12 years to do, you know? It's definitely not, so you have to pay more money for college. It's oh, definitely, definitely not. That. So, but one beautiful thing too is, you know, it's once you're able to kind of get some kind of understanding, I feel like you, there's a moment where you reach that, there's like that rite of passage where you're like, I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I one day aspired to achieve that level of Spanish. And yeah. it's funny too, because it's like, whenever I talk to people, everyone's like, Spanish is such an easy language to learn. It's way easier to learn than English. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. It's easier to learn. But still, in my brain and stuff like that. Sometimes it's hard for people to process. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a visual. I would say I'm a visual and like an actual, like, what is a visual and I forgot what that Linguistic. Like Linguistic, you read books? yeah. I'm more of a visual learner. You show me how to do it, I'll be able to do it. But if you give me like a paper and be like, do this, it has to be very, very descriptive for me to understand it and be like, step one, step in the room. Step two, sit down. Step three, get the mic. Step four, you know, just go on through that list. Mm -hmm. Like dumb it down for me so I can actually understand it. And I feel like when you're reading stuff, you get confused and eventually, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna look up a video on YouTube. 
Mm-hmm. Or even better, I'm gonna look it up on TikTok because it's shorter than YouTube. <laughs> exactly, dude. The freaking. I don't know, man. What do you think of short form content in general? I think it. I'm starting to. For me, I'm starting to notice short form content in almost everything, especially in music. I think a lot of songs. Excuse me. I'm not a big fan of how a lot of songs have been released lately in the last couple of years. I think they're most of them, in my opinion, they're all around two and a half minutes long. And they're rushed. And they're, yeah, they sound rushed. I don't like the song structures of a lot of them because to, for, I'm not a, like, I'm not an expert when it comes to making songs or anything like that. Other than that, I'd be on Drake's level. But <laughs> no. I think most music pieces should generally have like that first verse or the chorus. And then, so let's say you start off with the chorus, verse one, chorus, verse two, and then you, know, you have your bridges and your chorus, your third verse. I think so many songs are missing that third verse or a really, really good bridge that leads into a final chorus act. Yeah. The way I think about music nowadays is music doesn't sound good, it's just catchy. So like it's stuck in your head and you're just like, wow, that was a good song. Mm-hmm. For example, I, me personally, I don't like Little Pump like that. He's not like one of my favorite artists. <laughs> But you get a song like that, it gets stuck in your head and you're just singing it. It's like, yeah, this song is not that bad. It's kind of stupid. But it's not that bad. Exactly. But I agree with you. There's, like, one of my favorite artists is Daft Punk. I can listen to Daft Punk whenever I want. There's not a time and place where I cannot say that I, I can't use it. If I want to be in a good mood, I'm going to put on Daft Punk. I want to be in a sad mood, I'm going to put on Daft Punk, you know? But, like, when you start getting into, like, lyrics and stuff like that, that's when it starts, like... You can like dumb down the artist and be like, okay, I'm feeling sad. I want to listen to Joji today, or I'm feeling in a lovey mood. I want to listen to like R and B or like The Weeknd, mm-hmm. or I want to be in a like a good mood. I want to listen to like I don't know some like rapper, you know, like Drake or something like that. You know, so there's different like music's interesting. That's why I'm very in- I'm big music head. Like I said, I listen to like all types of music, but. I can see what you're talking about, like how everything's short. Because if you like, if you um, look at everything, and you're just listening, back in the days, a lot of songs were like five, six minutes, seven minutes at max. Like you said, most songs are like two minutes. I was like, wow, it's done already. Like, I want to listen to more. Mm-hmm. That's why people put it on repeat, and that's how they get more plays. Because I think songs too, and like they. There definitely was a time where songs on the radio were like two minutes long, like they can't be more than three minutes long, and then, you know, like, when Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen came out, and everyone was like, oh, it's almost six minutes long, you know, what the hell, you know, and then, like, there's all the, people were making songs for the art, you know, and there's... Yeah, and that, honestly, that's a really good example of, like, how they used art, especially the way, um, Freddie Mercury planned everything out for that song. Just that alone. Like, have you ever watched the the movie? Oh yes, yeah. of course it's all. Of course. I and then when they it. were explaining how he came to write Bohemian Rhapsody, it was like, oh my gosh. And you like, if you put on headphones, you have to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody with headphones. Yes. Because it has I left agree. and right audio, and people don't understand when he says "very high, very low." You can. You can hear it, and you know what? Other um, people used to do it all the time was the Beatles as well. Mm-hmm. The Beatles used to do very, very well. And I've noticed the only reason I figured that out with the Beatles was because when I used to go to school, I used to have wired headphones all the time. And I always had one on because I was traveling on the bus. And, you know, it's kind of rude to have both on. But eventually I was just like, ah, I don't really care. I don't want to hear anybody. So I put both. 
But I would always have one on, and I would be listening to, I think it was probably Yellow Submarine. If you put it on one ear, all you hear on one side is all the noises of the submarine. And then you put on the other one, you can hear them singing. Like, yeah, sometimes you'll hear them, but like, no, they were meant for left and right audio, not mono. Right. And it's crazy to me. I was like, wow, people are very, very talented when it came to music. Back in the days, people used to think about that stuff. They were like, this is how I want it to be done. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like a lot of people shoot for lyrics, which is good. But then it's also like, it's a catchy beat. The lyrics, that's how they catch you. But even sometimes then, I think the lyrics, some, it depends on the song. Sometimes it can be kind of trash, in my opinion. Like, and I it's repetitive. Hip-hop, I, I love hip-hop and rap. I am a... I'm not a... I don't have the most research done in the hip hop world, but I still learn new stuff every single day. Yeah. My fair era, just like you know, a lot of people is because you know the '90s to the 2000s. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, cause for me, I grew up you know listening to 50 Cent, Eminem. Yep. You know, like you know, just you know, you can relate as well. I think a lot of today's rap is just so commercialized and it doesn't sound good. Like, for example, like, I'm not a fan of Sexy Red. I yeah, don't no. care for her music. I think she's, she, I mean, she's, I'm pretty sure she's a good person and stuff like that. And I'm happy that she has her platform and she has, she's making her money and all that stuff. Because my one thing too, it's when a lot of people say, oh, why are you making fun of this artist? They're rich, you broke, like, why are you talking? It's like, you can still make a constructive criticism about, you know. Yeah, we're all entitled to our own opinion. I was like, exactly. just because I don't agree that he you know, Sexy Red is probably like the best artist in the world. You know, maybe I think she's like the best and you're just like, it's not your type of genre and not everybody's exactly. gonna like what you're gonna like. You know, and she has a song and it's called Ski Yeet and I'm yeah. just like, and I listen to it and I'm just like, I don't care for in it. In my opinion, it's annoying. It, yes. Especially because it's overplayed on TikTok too. I feel like TikTok ruins a lot of songs for me. Mm-hmm, and that's all songs are made for now. It's just to blow up on TikTok for those, you know, 10 seconds. And that's, and you can hear, and I, what I do when I listen to a lot of music now is I'll listen to the lyrics and the beat and everything like that and try to see where is it that they really focused on. And that's really where they're like, ski, and it's like, oh, you're gonna do this, like, ski, and all yeah. like, oh, I can see how that's training for a TikTok dance. But it doesn't mean that the actual song quality is good, but it can play in the club. There <laughs> you go, that's it. But it's one of those examples where I think, you know, when you don't make music for the art, it feels very, very cheap. And so I think a lot of music is definitely becoming more and more commercialized. And that's why a lot of, I love listening to older music. You had to yeah. actually know your shit, you know? And I saw a Tupac concert um, like on YouTube uh, the other night and I was just watching it. It was from, it was the very last concert that he did before he passed. It was, um, it was sometime, it was in 96. Yeah. But, just watching him and the energy that he brought, and it's like he didn't wear like the in-ear monitors or anything like that, because um, like he had to actually know his songs, he had to actually like, interact with the crowd. And his he had like three or four hype men that were kind of like you know with him on stage the whole time. But what I liked though was that the hype men were interacting with the crowd, and every time like a song would end or a pop would go off stage for a minute to catch a breath, you know they would do something to keep the crowd entertained. I feel like a lot of artists today, their hype men are just kind of there, and they're not very good at engaging with the audience. They just yeah. like, here's my song played out loud, you know, and hopefully, you know, you're bumping it, and after that, it's like, eh. you know, that's why I feel like a lot of rappers, they're losing money on their tours, that's why they're canceling a lot of their tours. Yeah. You know, like, I like, 
example, like, I'm not a Taylor Swift person, but like I watched like the Eros film. I have to admit, dude, like the way she puts the stuff together, it's pretty damn good. She can tell a story pretty good. I'm sure when Daft Punk was going on tours and everything, like they're able to put a story together, and that's why people can connect to the music so much because they actually gave a shit about what they put out. Their Discovery album actually, um, they released the movie, and their really? movie, there's no lyrics to the movie. Like they're not lyrics. There's no, um, there's no audio to the movie that's like talking. It's the whole album just playing in the background. Hmm. Very interesting movie because it's like an animated film. It looks like you're watching some galactic anime, but it's just the Discovery album playing in the background. I was like, that is so interesting. Because then you like, if you listen to the music, you're like, oh, this is what happened during the time of the film. Hmm. Very interesting. That's very very interesting. And like that whole. That whole Discovery album tells its whole little story through that, that little film. I love it when, yeah, when artists are able to create some type of story like that. Like another, like, Tyler, the Creator. A lot of people like Tyler, the Creator. A lot of, like, maybe mainstream hip-hop, they don't care for Tyler because yeah. they think, oh, he's kind of, he's weird and all that stuff. But he is someone that I think is actually able to tell a good story. Yeah. No, he's, the me personally, I don't listen to Tyler, Creator like that, but I do have, like, my favorite songs. Because mm -hmm. he's a very good artist. Another... <laughs> One of my guilty pleasures listening to rap is uh, Ski Mask, the Slum God. Because oh, I, I love yeah. the way he puts his lyrics. It sounds stupid, but if you think about it, like his songs, for example, Fossil Failure. The reason he says, he's like, call me Fossil Failure because I have drip. Who's, who the hell is going to think of that? I would have never looked at a Fossil and be like, that's a lyric right there. Okay, that's a good pun. That's a good pun right there. I was like, wow. And he was like, um, I forgot, in that song, like, everything that he makes his analogies to are really good. And I feel like MF Doom kind of does kind of like the same mm -hmm. deal with it, but he does it more in the sense that he's rhyming with it instead of going with the flow with it. And now, when you get to Eminem's type of rapping, his rapping is that he'll rhyme anything, any word with anything. And he's rhyming with the syllables. He's not rhyming with the word, he's rhyming with the syllables. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. How people actually like sit down and listen to their music. And that's why I appreciate Ski Mask, because Ski Mask, his songs are catchy. They're, they're good lyrics. They're good lyrics. And a lot of people are like, he's just talking nonsense. I was like, no. You gotta put two and two together. Some people are like, I got ice on my wrist. They're just flexing because they're rich. But then you got, you know, faucet failure because you know, I got drip. Wow. Lil Wayne is a great example of that. Lil too. Wayne is a very good example of that as well, yeah. You know, it's like, what's it called? I'm like the bomb, dude. What's it called? I, bitch, I'm a bomb, like, bitch, I'm the bomb, like, tick, tick, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Forget, it's on Get Money with T-Pain, and it's like, he's, I love, like, the little puns that he can make and stuff like that. Um, another one, let's no, those those are just dirty ass lyrics for Lil Wayne. But listen to some Lil Wayne, then yeah, he definitely makes great puns. No, he makes great puns, and I feel like a lot of people make fun of him because the way he looks. He looks goofy. Don't get me wrong. He he's a goofy looking guy, but he's a great lyricist. He's good. The, this is what I appreciate about certain artists. The artists that are producing music twenty four seven are the ones that are getting popular because they're just releasing because they're like I have a time. There's mm -hmm. a due date. But the people that take time to release their albums, I'm going to use Kendrick Lamar as a good example. Because once he released his album for the Black Panther mm -hmm. thing, he took a big hiatus and he hasn't 
he never dropped anything until he dropped the album with Baby Keem. And then when he dropped his other album, Mr. Morales. Yeah, I love dude. Kendrick's like one of my favorite artists, and I was like, I would rather him take his time. It's like J Cole. J Cole doesn't just release anything, and J Cole's a really good artist too. Mm-hmm. J Cole's up there with like pretty much the greats. I feel like a lot of people, the people who took their time, people are like, when are they gonna drop something? When are they gonna drop something? They're taking time to actually listen and see what they want, because their their producers gonna be like, I want you to rap on this. Let me listen to what you got, and then we'll fix up the the lyric and stuff like that based off the beat. Mm-hmm. But no, Kendrick Lamar is gonna sit down. And he's gonna write his lyric, and he's gonna literally he does what like the old rappers used to do, pen and paper, write it down. This is what I want to rap. I'm gonna rap in the studio real quick. Give me a beat with it. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that, um, especially like when it comes to I'm when it comes to J Cole and then Kendrick. You know, like, I I say when it comes to me listening to both your music, I love both artists. Yeah. I lean maybe ever so slightly more J. Cole. Yeah. But that's only because J. Cole's, um, more of his songs, I can kind of, like, you know... I feel like his songs are a little more, bit more soft tone. Yeah, they're more radio-friendly, though. And that's why yeah, I think Kendrick... Kendrick that's why I like Kendrick, too, because he's more of, like, the gangster. He's the reason why I like today's rappers, because he does a very good example of introducing new rap with the old-style rap. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Kendrick. I feel like if my dad still listened to rap, he would like Kendrick a lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of old OG, they love Kendrick. Yeah. You know, so he got to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite scenes from the Super Bowl is literally in the background, like right before like they're singing um, like the last song, and then you just see 50 Cent, and then Kendrick just kind of like dap up in the background, and it's just like, 50 Cent's one of my favorite rappers of all time, and I think he's one of the last real gangster rappers. Yeah. And it's like, just imagine being Kendrick in that situation. You blew up from like 2010 onwards. You, you've been in the game for like 10, almost 15 years. You're on the stage with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Missy Elliott, and 50 Cent. And that's like all like the great people that you can like... I'm pretty sure those are like half of the people that inspire mm-hmm. him because of his rap style. Exactly. And you know, it's like you can't help but feel some type of, you know, like, Wow, am I really here in this moment right now with all these people performing in front of all these people with millions of viewers at home? You know, I'm sure that's one of those moments for him where it's just he felt that's a life's good. Like I've done what I needed to do in life. Yeah. And so I I love both artists. I, I can appreciate too when they don't care about what you think about their music, which is why they can take more of that time. I appreciate the artistry. That's why with Drake it's kinda of disappointing. I, Drake's a very great rapper. Yeah. He's a great artist, but I don't think he's using his rap career as a way to kind of polish himself as a rapper. I feel like he's just using it more on a commercial base just to keep going on tours and sell, you know, make more money, which do what you gotta do, bro. Um, bring up more talent, but it doesn't feel as authentic. It feels way too commercialized. Yeah. And so I, I hope there's supposed to be another Drake album coming out. Um, he's rumored though um, he's gonna be taking a, a year break. I don't know if it was after Scary Hours three. Got I released. would rather like and that that goes for anybody. I I would rather them take a really long time to produce mm-hmm. something. That's why I don't know if you ever heard that people were trying to um, start a, like a little wave so they can release GTA six a little bit earlier. Really, I was like, you guys should let it be. You guys weren't complaining. You guys were not expecting a Red Dead Redemption 2 to come out. And you guys loved it. Red Dead Redemption is an amazing game. I can't even say there was one thing I did not like about it. 
besides the online mode, the online mode is kind of choppy, but the story mode, everything you can do interact it. I was like, the map. I was like, I need GTA 6 to be like that, but better. And people are rushing it. You can't rush it. A game that got rushed and it flopped really bad was like a game like Splitgate. I don't know if you ever played that one too. I haven't. It was like a Halo style game and it was supposed to like be like PlayStation's way of like, oh yeah, we got something like that. Um, what is it called? There was another game that, oh, Cyberpunk. Yes. They released it earlier because everybody was like, we want it to be good. And next thing you know, it took them a whole year to fix everything because they had to like take down the servers and like restart from scratch because everybody wanted it. Like the graphics, absolute dog crap. And it was when the PlayStation 5 came out. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like the best ever. You can't, you can't rush, you can't rush things. You can't rush things. And if you rush it, you're going to get results like that. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people feel like Drake rushes out his albums and all that stuff because he's released one almost every single year for the last like almost 10 years. Yeah, and Which, I feel like sometimes you just like if you're rushing it, you don't have authentic content because you're just like, I need to release something right now, you know? Exactly. I gotta get this lyric out, but it's like, dude, like take your time, like think about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, and you're Drake, dude, you have all the time and money in the world to just no whatever you pressure you. <laughs> exactly. And that's and I feel like for someone like him, it's almost like the LeBron situation where they're both some of the greatest people in their respective industries, but they don't get the credit they feel like they deserve, and so they have to compensate harder for it. And so for Drake, it's just continuously releasing more and more albums. For LeBron, it's playing for another 10, 20 years until it becomes a cyborg. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think if Drake were to wait for a good year, two years, and release a good album where he shows his maturity and he's able to kind of maybe reflect more from like the mentor side and where he's at in this point of his career because he still this the one thing about a lot of his songs is he still talks about a lot of the same stuff which i mean that's fine if you're like you know you're, you're 20 25 28 years old but he's almost 40. yeah and so some people are like they want to hear him be more mature in his albums and stuff like that and then, which is why they love kendrick they love j cole and you know same thing for lebron everyone's like everyone knows lebron's you know has practically beaten everyone in almost every category, but everyone still says MJ's the best at yeah. one time. You know, and it's, so it's one of those things where it's like, you feel like sometimes, sometimes you feel like you can't win. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? I recently watched a video how people are like, you can't compare like somebody from back in the days to somebody new. Like mm -hmm. for example, like you said, MJ and LeBron. LeBron, a lot of people, you can say LeBron is the MJ of today. What MJ was doing back in the days is not the same way that they used to run basketball back now you know right. so somebody said oh Babe Ruth is like the best of all time but if you got I'm not sure if you're into baseball I love baseball so the whole ordeal with Shohei Otani right yeah so I'm a Giants fan by the way so I'm still going I never thought he was gonna go on the Giants by the way I never thought he was gonna go on the Giants <laughs> even with everyone saying all the hype oh Giants he was never gonna go yeah. on the Giants but you know how they're like oh Babe Ruth could have like hit this ball like they're comparing him to like oh of all time, Babe Ruth is the best player. But if you put Babe Ruth against somebody, sh like, for example, Shohei Otani. Or Roldis Chapman. Dude, anybody of today, if you give them something, like, even you can compare him to, like, Mike Trout and Eric Judge and stuff like that. If you put him against, like, Home Run Derby, right? Oh, yeah. They used to use different tactics the way they did back in the days because they were still trying to, like, formulate how baseball needed to be ran. 
So you can't just be like, oh, Babe Ruth is the best baseball player of all time. And I was like, look at all these talents. Otani is striking out people with 100s. I was like, back in the days, Babe Ruth probably couldn't even throw that fast. No. A lot of people didn't know about certain techniques. I mean, for all I know, they knew a uh, fastball and maybe a curveball. Now we got like fork balls, screw balls, <laughs> 12 curves, curve, like different ways to curve the ball. Like it's wild. And it's like, you can't really compare from back in the old days and you can't compare it to like with today because everybody's, you're improving every single day. All you can really do is be like, Babe Ruth was the best player of his time. Exactly. Of his time. Right now, I feel like the best baseball player you can be like is Otani. Otani is the best of all time. Why do you think they paid so much for him? $700 million. That is dollars. wild to me. I'm a Dodgers fan. And, you know, I'm excited about How that. the fuck does LA afford $700 million? Exactly my point. This guy is making about $122 a minute. Play baseball, kids. <laughs> That's the only thing. You want to get in professional sports? Play baseball. Yeah, dude. That's oh, the gosh. This was crazy that money's guaranteed. Yeah, because apparently his shirt sells because they just went on pre-order. I'm still trying to wait to get mine. Oh, he surpassed he surpassed Messi's jersey sales. He surpassed Messi's in the first. Wow. Yeah. All for LA to not go back and win the fucking World Series. <laughs> and you know, fingers crossed that we win the World Series. But you know, I'm the type of person I love the sport. I'll go. In. I went to a Giants game not too long ago, and I went with my Dodger gear. I'm not afraid, you know. But I also saw a bunch of couples that, like, I had, we had one couple have, like, Giants, another one wearing Dodgers. They're there for the love of the sport. I'm there for the love of the sport. Me and you, I can be like, let's go to, let's go to a Giants game right now. I'm fucking down, bro. I'd be like, I'm down, because I'm there, I'm going to go get a drink, I'm going to go get a hot dog, I'm going to get my nachos, I'm going to go watch the sport. I don't care who's playing. If my team's playing, then I'm going to root for my team. If you lose, I'm, we're still going to be friends. Mm. I'm not going to be like, I hate you because you're a Giants fan. Um, I, back in high school, you know who Brian Stowe is? No. Brian Stowe was a Giants fan back in 2011. This was after the Giants won the World Series mm -hmm. in 2010. So it was like opening day of 2011, or this, it was like the first week of baseball. Um, it was at Dodger Stadium. He was a fan, and his, um, he got beaten by several Dodgers fans after that game, after like heckling with each other and stuff. And so he has... He's a big he's a big figure in like the Giants community because yeah. he has like he sustained like head injuries and stuff like that and he's a big um, example of it's just a game it's not that serious you don't need to like why can't people get along because it's love of the sport exactly like I'm trying to bond with you he was like oh you like baseball that's amazing I could talk to you about baseball for days yeah I fucking love baseball and I can be like dude did you see that because I play MLB the show with my homies all the time nice. you think I play with the the Dodgers all the time. Heck no, I play with any other team. Do you mm -hmm. know, they're, because you can tell by the players, because you feel like, these players are like, for you got, um, I believe it's the Rangers that have mm -hmm. Max Schwarzer, and that guy's a really good pitcher. Schwarzer, he's out now. Yeah. He's out for the season, or for at least a couple months, because he had a herniated disc, and he just went under surgery for it. Yeah, and then I have my favorite baseball players, and I'm going to follow them around. For the Angels, Otani, of course. I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm an Angels fan, but I'm a fan of the person. Mm -hmm. And then I love Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout, amazing. What when I was younger, my favorite players were um, Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter. You liked A Rod? I was young at the time. Oh, I was God. so young. I had his glove and everything. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, sorry <laughs> just, I never liked A. I never liked A Rod growing up. So I always could call him A Rod. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it makes sense. 
<laughs> I mean, it was the same stipulation with, um, what's his face? Oh my gosh. The one that plays for the Padres. Oh, you're talking about uh, Manny Machado? No, 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 not Manny Machado, the other guy. The... Uh, Eric Hosmer? No, 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 it's a black guy. Or Fernando, Fernando Tatis? Tatis Jr., yeah. Tatis Jr. Dude, Don't get me wrong, he's a good player. I know, then, did you see the videos of him, though, before and after he would take those steroids? Yeah. And his, like, balance, and just, he'd be all discombobulated and stuff. Gosh. It's crazy, because, like, certain baseball players, they're really, really good, and then they, like, mess it up. Like, A-Rod. Mm-hmm. A-Rod, he, he messed himself up. He's a very good player until they found out, like, hey, taking drugs. But if you get Jeter, for example, Jeter's a good player. It wasn't only until after he retired people started to hate Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah, I used to have a Jeter, a, a Jeter jersey, and they're like, why are you repping him? It's Derek Jeter. It's Derek Jeter. Now you guys care about him because he's on the cover of a game. Mm-hmm. Wild, huh? Same with Otani. A lot of people started liking him because they're like, oh my gosh, he has the best cover for 20, 22 or 21. I don't remember which game it was. But he was on the cover on it. They made it look anime-related, and everybody's like, oh my god, because that's when anime started popping off. They're like, Otani's like the best person of all time. Yeah, and I honestly, and I care more about the sport than I do about the video game. Yeah. You know? But when they first, you know, heard about Otani, and he was still pitching in, you know, Japan, it's like, dude, this guy could throw hella fast. And I mean, whatever team he ended up on, you know, it was just like, he'd be a real force. And I think it made more sense for him to go to the American League versus the National League, and then. But now, I mean, he can go kind of anywhere now since the DH is in both leagues. Yeah. I personally don't like having the DH. I yeah. like seeing pitchers hit. You know, that's the old school baseball. Yeah, because seeing the because it, it actually gave it like, hey, maybe this pitcher's really good. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Otani, Otani's good at like almost everything. So. Exactly. Well, for me, because I'm a giant, I was a Giants fan growing up, and so for me, I love Madison Bumgarner growing yeah. up. And so watching him come up to the plate, you know, the dude could smack a fucking home run at any moment. You know, so as a Giants fan, you're excited watching that. Then our pitcher, I don't know, but, you know, the only Dodger that pitcher that I knew could hit was, you know, Kershaw when he hit a bomb in 2013 off towards contest. In the yeah, no, no, Kershaw, Kershaw's a little bit older now. <laughs> Kershaw can't even. The thing is, though, Kershaw was still a good hitter because yeah. he could get on base. Yeah. That was the one thing I gave Kershaw. He wasn't a power hitter, but he could get on base. Bumgarner couldn't get on bases good, but he was more of a power hitter. Yeah, homeboy was from for home runs. That's why a lot of people have. Um, they have a lot of people that are like, they suck at running, or they're like built. They're built, mm-hmm. but they're not built for speed. They're built for power. Exactly. And that's why they have like. There's one guy on the Mets. I forget his name. Daniel Volkoback. I think. Ooh, it's yes. That guy. The fridge. Or no, no, no. The, La Tortuga. La Tortuga. They also call. I think they call it on TikTok. They call him Danny Burgers. <laughs> Cause they're like he's about like if they're like coach is saying that if he hits his home run he about to hit he's about to get the fattest burger of his life. That guy's built. That guy's he's a power he's a power hitter, but he can run too. I was like that man is crazy. It's crazy because some of the baseball players they're like built really big, and you're like oh no these people can't run. Oh they're running. And then you got the scrawny ones like um, Ellie De La Cruz. That man mm-hmm. can run. That man can hit. I loved watching. Um... Billy Hamilton when he was in his prime when he was with the Reds yeah and just watching him get on base and stealing bases and everything I love base stealers what am I, I oh gosh, you kind of you rarely see it nowadays I, I miss it when people used to do the pickles the pickles were like the best thing because you're like oh my gosh are they actually going to make it so that's why in the game I tried doing the pickles but it, it, the mechanics on it what's my trash. favorite <laughs> you know what I love, as much as I love home runs inside the park home runs are my absolute favorite you hit a line drive going down the right field or left field and they just all the way around mm-hmm. thoughts. No, I was actually thinking about that. It's like you can hit a home run, but who can run all four bases in <laughs> just that amount of time that you hit the ball? 
there was, was I went to a Giants game like years ago, and we had a player's name was Kelby Tomlinson, and he hit it like bases. No, it was just I think two people were on base, and he hit a ball in the triples alley, and he was already fast, so I knew okay he's gonna get a triple, and then once he started going, and he was halfway between um, third and second, so probably where shortstop would be. Yeah, he was not slowing down at all, and they had just gotten to the ball out in the outfield, and I was thinking I'm like. Dude, he's gonna run this base. He's yeah. Like, like, can we get inside the park? And then they threw it back in, and he circled the base. I'm like, no way, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get inside the park, come run. Sometimes, sure. they, sometimes they just gotta commit because if they don't commit, mm-hmm. that's what messes them up because they're like, damn, I should have just ran back. Exactly. The ones that commit are the ones that always get it. And he made it, and dude, the energy in the stadium was just erupted. Everyone was just cheering. It was so exciting because, like, yeah, everyone likes to see the ball go whoop, up into the crowd, but it's just. The anticipation of oh my god are they gonna beat the throw and when they do it's just such a rush of adrenaline. Yeah, I can't imagine how they feel once they score. Yeah, and honestly, that's why I love the sport of baseball because you got like different players. Like I'm telling you about different players. What Dodger have I brought up so far? Gosh. I have not brought up one single Dodger, and I'm a Dodger fan. Besides Otani now, but Otani hasn't even played for the Dodgers yet. No. I, I was watching Otani when he was with the Angels. Mm, him and Mike Trout, they were a great team. Did yeah. you watch the World Baseball Classic? I didn't. But I know his strikeout. <laughs> did, mm-hmm. did you know Otani bought all three of those cards? There's three signed cards out there. And Otani bought all three of them for like a really expensive amount. And he gave one to Mike Trout and he signed it for him. I was like, that's funny because he, stri- he struck him out in the World Baseball Classic. I was like, that is so funny. That's so disrespectful. Bought all three cards in the world and gave one to Mike Trout. <laughs> that is that's so that, funny. But to also think about it, like, that's, a, that's a match in baseball heaven you would love to see. It's like, who would who would do it but yeah. then that's when you're like alright let's see them in 10 because the way I think about it in baseball it's like you should have 10 at bats to really prove what you can do mm-hmm. can Mike Truck get 3 hits in those 10 at bats alright bet yeah. or does he strike out in those 10 in a row yeah because like I said today's pitches they allow pretty much a lot of pitches nowadays mm-hmm. so it's like it's kind of hard like it's not just a fastball down the line no more exactly like I do de- I definitely believe you know, like you know Babe Ruth um course like Bobby Thompson um, you know Barry Bonds you know Jose Canseco um, freaking um, who else am I trying to think of like so many other people I'm, I'm literally losing my method right now um, Mark McGuire yeah. you know like a lot of these guys Sammy Sosa you know they're all great players but definitely if they played in today's game it would be way different yeah because they all have their perks like Babe Ruth was like Functioning alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but he 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 hit ball. The, he was hitting bombs. Mm-hmm. But if you use Jackie Robinson as a good example, I think Jackie Robinson is famous because he's the one who started like the whole like, hey, I'm gonna be the first black man in baseball. You know, congratulations. I respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was a Brooklyn Dodger. You know, I, that that's my man right there. You know, but you know, he wasn't the best at hitting. He was good at running. Mm-hmm. He was good at running. That was his. That was his thing. They're like. If he hits a good ball, he he can run. But then also, if he hits a good ball, he got people. He's bringing. He's getting RBIs home. But he wasn't. He wasn't like the best of all time. He was the best of all time because of what he did. Exactly. But yeah. he was just I mean, your average player. But he was just so impactful with the way that he broke the color barrier like that. Everything that he did would be magnified. Yeah. You know his successes may be magnified to a bit, but also his you know shortcomings would be magnified to it as well yeah you'll be like oh why'd you guys get this player and all this stuff but then when you see all the stuff that he could do you're like oh this is why the dodgers got jackie robinson yeah because they saw potential they didn't see him because it's color they saw because it's potential 
they're like, this man is going to be a benefit for the team. Not because he's black. They're like, no, he's beneficial to the team. Who just happens to be black. Yeah. You know, that's how, personally, that's how I think of a lot of things where it's like, I think more like your skill set first. I was like, oh, you happen to be this? Okay, cool. You know, then that's where I, definitely it was one of those things where they're like, all right, definitely you will for sure make history. Yeah. But then it's like, you're actually a really good player. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you look at most of the baseball players, a bunch of them are Dominicans. They're they're black, but they're black because they're like because of where they come from. For me, we have a lot of Puerto Ricans mm -hmm. that are black. For example, Roberto Clemente is Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. A lot of that's just the ancestry part. Yeah, and I was like, the only reason I'm a fan of him because he, he's like me. You want to know who who I relate to now? Now I'm gonna speak about Dodger, Kike Hernandez. Fucking Kike Hernandez. As a Giants fan, Kike Hernandez is in the uh, most hated yeah. Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. What do you have to say about Mr. Kike? I love Kike Hernandez. He's. Mm -hmm. I feel like ever since I got into baseball, I feel very represented also, because of Puerto Rican. Shout out to Kike Hernandez as well. He yeah. is a very good player. I'm no, salty because I'm a Giants fan. No, no, no. He's a very good player. But then, like I said, you got to remember, like you got somebody else that he looked up to. And you know who he looked up to? Roberto Clemente. And what's my name? Roberto. Mm -hmm. So why do you think I was like, oh, I relate to another Puerto Rican that's like named after me too, you know? I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. So you got players like that too, and I was just excited. One of the other players that I've like really related to and I really like, I follow him still, is um, Alex Verdugo. Okay. And Verdugo's Mexican. And I was like, this kid's young and he's going places. Played for the Dodgers, played for Boston. Now he, they traded him to the Yankees. He's playing for the Yankees now. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is, that's a big team. Not saying that like other teams are like, but you got like, if you see somebody go to the store and they see bigger names, they're probably going to be like, oh, New York. Mm -hmm. Oh, or the, the Yankees jersey. You don't see somebody go to the store and be like, I'm going to pick out the Mets. <laughs> no offense, but are they going to pick out the Mets or are they going to pick out the Yankees? <laughs> most, the most likely the Yankees. Of course, if you're a Mets fan, you know. They're going to pick that out, too. But then you go to L.A., and you got two options. you got the Angels and the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. you, then you can pick from there. True. You can pick from there. You come to San Francisco, you're going to choose the Giants. Giants. It's not like it, you, it's either the Giants or the A's. Anyway. Who are you going to choose? I would go for the Giants, respectfully. Yeah, most, and he's going to be in Vegas anyway. And yeah, dude, I, I can't believe that. I was like, and then they said that they wanted to bring out another team called the Oakland Bees. And my friend's like, he's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Because it's like, you're making them like a second. Like, they're, they're not the top. They're going to be the second after the A's. And it's like, I feel like the A's, they were really good when baseball first started. They, were, mm -hmm. they won the World Series like several times before. like Back when they were in Philly. Yeah. And they were doing amazing. They had amazing players. And now I feel like it's just cheap tickets so people can actually, you know, they're, they're there to have fun. They're there to enjoy the sport of baseball. Yeah, 88, you know, the late 80s definitely, yeah, ace time to shine for sure. You know, it's funny. I saw a picture, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, it was a myth that he went, that Otani signed with the Dodgers. He actually signed with the A's. I was like, that's hilarious. No, homeboy would get traded in two years. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost 4 o'clock. Um, do you want to just... Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. All right, cool. Cause it's got, I gotta do some shopping soon. No, no, you're good. You gotta do what you gotta do. I gotta. I'm making chicken noodle soup tonight. So hell yes. <laughs> I could talk. I, I fucking love baseball. 
baseball. No, I do too. That is something that I love sitting down and talking about. Uh, yeah, no, I could talk about it literally, probably. I, I just I was probably like 10 or whatever. Yeah. Giants shit and playing Little League baseball and everything yeah. like that. I love going to minor league stadiums. That's probably my favorite because um, go, to, go to the ports game or something like that and you can just kind of walk around the area and just kind of just see everything. Yeah. You have a lot more freedom versus like the big major league ballpark, in my opinion. Yeah, and plus it's, it's cheaper. It's fun. Mm. It's something to do. It's not like you have to be there because you're a fan. You just go because you're just there to like enjoy the environment. It's a different environment. You enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice type of community that it's, you know, it's cool to see it. And, um, I went to go see like a Modesto Nuts game earlier this year, and so it was really nice to see that. Yeah, I, that's one of the games I've been trying to go to too, because I know they're cheap tickets. I have, a, I know somebody that works. I think it's a ball boy. Really? Yeah. One, excuse me. One regret I probably have is not being a bat boy. I actually applied to become a bat boy with the Modesto Nuts, and then they had contacted me um, afterwards, and I, I didn't reply more because I was already occupied with my other job and because we were working more full-time and I just didn't think I'd be able to fit it yeah but my idea at that time was also this podcast but I also would see if I would have the opportunity opportunity to interview the minor league players but I'm like oh, maybe next year we'll see <laughs> and then maybe this podcast will get bigger because yeah old, I would because I, I love baseball yeah and so one of those things I would love to do is be able to interview like big minor league baseball players and then you know see like if they're up or up and coming and then anyone that makes it there and then if they make it to the bigs it's like oh that's a cool interview from their past yeah and so that's definitely one goal I have and so that's probably one regret I do have those not taking back that freaking call hey things happen for a reason though that's exactly. that, that's that's how I see it if something doesn't happen right then and there it's not the time Exactly, yeah, no, definitely got to figure out, you know, what's going good for you in your life, and then, you know, sometimes, you know, shit happens, but, um, yeah, I'm going to keep looking for new opportunities, but, what's it called? As we all should, yeah. Right, well, I'm going to end it right here, well, thanks for listening to another episode of Just My Thoughts, and we'll catch y'all again in the next one. Robbie, what's the socials, bro? Let them link them all down below. So, like we've said before, Unbroken Tenacity. You got a little Lucha Libre dude going on. You guys, it's on Apple Music and Spotify. If you guys are interested, it's uh, advice, relatable topics, and just a good time. So yeah, thank you, Danny, for having me on your podcast twice. Hey, I, guess, <laughs> I love having you. I like talking to you. It's fun. No, it's good. It's good. It's definitely a good thing. And so, it's nice just to be able just to kind of just sit back and just be able to just bullshit. Yeah. And so I agree. But I need to go to the grocery store, get some food, get the rest of my day going. I know you got some stuff to do. So talk to y'all later. Everyone, see y'all in the next one. Peace.